Today's Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. You've heard me talk about Cufflinks before. You know all the awesome, geeky, as well as super high-class products they have. And if you check their homepage, they're always listing a bunch of deals for you. And, of course, I did just tell you one, DVR20. So go ahead and use that. And you know what? You still got to look good, people. We know you got to be careful out there. We still got corona going on, but you can still look good if you're zooming it or even if you're just walking past someone looking outside a window. So head on over to cufflinks.com today. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. I'm jumping in and I'm starting this thing. Welcome, everyone, to the Daily DVR Top TV of 2021 Facebook gathering podcast and just fun time. That's all I'm going to call it, a fun time, because it's awesome. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other faces well, one of them is Steven Spielberg, but that's okay. And uh, we're going to talk about the best TV of the year. We've got a bunch of lists. Andy has collated them. And I'm going to first just introduce everyone and get everyone to have a chance to say hello. So I'm going to go in order of the screens I see. Andy, hello. Hey. Hey, everybody. Um I don't have much to say to start off. I'm sure we'll do plenty of talking, so I'm happy to see everybody, and yeah, let's have some fun. All right. Hello, Heath. Hello, Folo. I'm happy to be here. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful day, and uh, I like to see all these beautiful faces, and you know, I'm just like so enthralled, I don't even know if that's a word, with all these beautiful people, and I'm excited to talk TV. Yeah, Happy baby. New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. And Bubba. I, Bubba. I'm like, my 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 New Year's got off to a great start, even better start now that I see Bubba. That's I'm the like, next person sense. on the line. He's a double P, a perfect podcaster. He's Bubba from the Double P Podcast Network. Oh, my gosh. I've been having so much fun listening to Parsec Passion, of which I will come on and be a guest on. I invited myself on the show, and it worked. <laughs> So I get to talk with Bubba and Catfish. I'm going to try to be funny, which is going to be very difficult for me because I don't have a lot of humor. Bubba, hi. Man, Axel, I am so excited to be here. I think this is going to be a great podcast, but to give a little hint of my comments, was there an actual great, not just very good, but great show? That we watched the last year. I'm not so sure, but I'm glad to see all these smiling faces. These are voices that have been in my head, and occasionally I hear them when I listen to podcasts, so it's great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question, because you know what? I look through the list, and there is a lot of discrepancies, a lot of differences. People have a lot of different... It doesn't seem to be one show... I think that everyone thinks is the best. Now, there's one show that I think the critics may have thought, but I don't know that we all thought that, and I don't know if the critics all agreed even on that. So it has been an interesting year. But I do want to say, before we get continue further, hello to Gina. 
my co-host for impeachment, American Crime Story, a wonderful yeah. person. Mike's lighting a cigar. Wow, that was a nice. I like it. That was perf- I know. I felt like classy or something over here. It's like Suge Knight over there. Yeah, look at this guy. <laughs> Gina, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. You excited? You got your list ready? I got my list ready. All right. You know? Fantasticals. Wait, I lost the room. Now I'm back. All right, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hey, Axel. And I've got to say that after he said beautiful people, that song came into my head. So now I'm over here going, the beautiful people, the beautiful people. The beautiful people. So anyway, glad to be here. Good to see you guys. Except for because I have to be on my phone. All I see is the person who's talking. So I only see one of you at a time now, which makes me very sad. Oh, wait. Let me see if I can... Oh, on my have... phone and I can see everybody. Yeah, it's strange. I cannot. It's probably because I have an Android and not. Ah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that fan above your head is making me feel trippy too, Gino. I'm like, Whoa. yeah, I know. Between, I mean, Jenny. Between the I keep on mixing you guys up. And the fan. Look, look, let me turn it this way. I don't know. I It's it's because the only stand I have to put it on is. Uh, charger of my husband's and it angles it oh, so it's yeah. looking up at the ceiling. See, this is what happened. I'm, get, I'm like, getting like tripped out. I didn't even smoke any weed yet. All hey, right. Bubba, do you think you're going to be dancing on the ceiling when you're looking at Jenny? Wow, that is what a feeling. All right, I, I got to introduce one oh. final person. I think Tina is just hanging out with us. I don't know that I haven't heard her voice, so I'm going to assume she's just hanging in the room, which is totally cool, Tina. Thank you. But I am going to introduce the next person I see, which is the man himself, the famous YouTuber from the YouTube sensation network called One Mike. It's Mike. <laughs> What's up, man? Can you guys hear me? OK, we can hear you. Oh, great, yeah. dude. You sound oh, OK, beautiful. good, good, good. Yeah, hopefully this won't be a four-hour affair like last year, and I can uh, hang around. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, I don't think we're going to go for four hours. Maybe do a little over an hour or so, not too, too I hope, long. Uh, I also hope Gina. I also hope Gina forgives me for not nominating her show "New Girl" uh, on my list here. <laughs> New girl. <laughs> He's just because make- you got the Zoe Deschanel. Oh, uh, the haircut. Yeah, if you got to explain it. Then. Oh, oh yes. Uh, no, no. I got somebody it. Laugh. I got it. Somebody laughed before I explained I've it. I, got it. Like I was the laughing. First like season of that show. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. It was about to Botox. Bang. It was about 20 years ago that Zoe was uh, there in Improv Olympic Theater with me, trying oh, wow. to flirt with me. She was a friend of my buddy Ben's, and I totally blew it oh. by playing too cool for school. Yeah, it's obviously so cool. I blew it. Took a look. I mean, but you know, hey. <laughs> You could have been a star. Yeah. You could have been one of her roommates. Right. I could have disappointed her like I do many non-celebrities. <laughs> That's true, too. That's true. Awesome. Well, you are looking adorable, Gina. We do want to say oh, that. Oh, thank you. That's what awesome. they said. Remember that when that show came out, it was like, adorable. Very cool. All right. Okay. Well, we've said hello to everyone. It's beautiful to see you. But let's talk some TV. Like Bubba was saying, which I think is a, a good a good time to throw it over to Ando as his camera goes to his chest. <laughs> hey, we're, whoa, sorry. hey, kid show. Just because you won a bowl game, I know. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, so Andy, you gotta take small victories. <laughs> we yep. have everyone. I did. Everyone receive the list. I sent them all to you. Oh, actually, I think I got to share it with Mike. Uh, I didn't. I was I, say, I'm, I'm going in blind. Okay. I'm going in blind. Well. 
I'm just going to say that I'm looking through the list and there are there's one show that does that has multiple number ones, but it's the only one. But there's also so many different shows that are on all these lists. So, Andy, when you I give these over to Andy and he does his spreadsheet magic, what discoveries do you have for us? What are the trends going on here? Because I think the two shows that I'm the show that I'm obviously seeing the most is Succession. That seems I think that got two or three number ones. But besides that, what other show is coming in hot? What other kind of terrific number stuff do you have for us? Okay, well, the first thing, I I dug out the notes from last year, too, when we did this. I did last year. And last year, we had 13 people send in lists. This year, we also had 13 people. Last year, there was 117 different shows mentioned. This year, it was only 72. So there was much more, much more, I mean, it was spread out. The love was spread out quite a bit evenly, but there was much more consensus on which shows were actually popular. That makes sense. The, uh, easily, there was two shows that got more mentions by anyone. I mean, like far and away, not so much number ones, but Mayor of Easttown and Only Murders in the Building by far got more mentions than any other shows. I mean, easily, easily the top two. Um, also vote. I mean, <clears throat> overall, I don't, I have the overall list cause I kind of do a scoring method where I rank, give more points. Number ones. I can talk about that later after we've talked about some other shows, but uh, the other, uh, surprise the third most mentions was from yellow jackets. Yeah. Loki and succession were both fourth tied for fourth. So those were like the top four or five ones that are talked <clears throat> about the most that made the most lists. Um, the other thing I thought was really crazy looking back at last year, when I figured out the top 30 rankings, only three shows from the top 30 of last year were mentioned this year. Not even only the only shows that made it were from last year were Dave, What We Do in the Shadows, and Survivor. All the other 27 top shows from last year were nowhere. Not most of them didn't even come back. I mean, Better Call Saul, Mandalorian, right. Ozark, right. Schitt's Creek, all all that stuff either didn't air or is done. So it's a it's a huge turnover. Wow! Um, oh, other... shit! I forgot a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you can edit, you can live edit your list, Heath. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that may be happening. Wow! Okay, that that's cr- the, that's it. Well, and you know there's oh, go ahead, Andy. I was gonna say there there was one other thing that I, I every year I also kind of track <clears> where where elbow shows are coming from. Netflix for the third. I actually have some stats from th- two years ago as well. But Netflix has been the number one show for all of us for the third year in a row, most mentions. But this is the first time that hasn't had double what the next one had. So HBO is catching up fast. Apple, Apple went huge. Only had one show last year. This year has six. Showtime only had one show last year. Now has five mentioned. So. I thought those wow. Showtime and Apple, the Showtime one was what really surprised me. I knew Apple was going to be stronger because they had a pretty good year, I thought, but Showtime went up huge. I mean, that's that was kind of the things I took from the overall lists and everything. I mean, I can add in little tidbits here and there when we when something pops up that we talk about, but I thought that was a good overview. That is. Ando was like the guy from CNN doing the. Yes. The, er, right. That okay, guy. So I would say Steve Kornacki from MSNBC. Maybe that's Next, the guy I'm thinking. I don't even know. Yeah. Next yeah. time I'll have a big whiteboard behind me and I'll have pointing yeah. arrows and all this. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> yep, I'll do that next year. Yeah, you're... It's, it's interesting you said Netflix had the most. I only have one Netflix show in my top ten. 
Well, and I don't think any. I don't think there was any Netflix. Um, I don't have any that that had number one, but there was a lot of people that had four or five shows, especially in the yeah. near the bottom half of their rankings. So it's, people I don't do think honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, some of them. Did, some of us did. Some of us didn't. I'd say maybe half had honorable mentions. Did you include those in your numbers? Yes, as I mentioned, okay. because the way I, the way I figured it, I had like twenty shows that I could have easily put on my top ten, and most people. Bubba wants a high five. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know Andrew, I did have a question for you, and that yes. is it was confusion on my own list. I decided to consider the Beatles get back as a movie rather than a show. What did everybody else decide on that case? Um, TV show. The people had it as – yeah, people, the people did list it as a show. But the other thing with this is it's it not a like – movie. This, we're not exactly the Oscars or the Emmys, so you can do whatever you want. Some people put in shows from <laughs> – some people put in shows from 2020. So, I mean, it's, and some people put on shows that have only aired two episodes in 2021, and the bulk Excel. of the season is going to be in 2022. So, I mean, right. it's, it's your own list. My, my, when I do it, I kind of, like, I know Axel and I've talked about this before. It's your own list. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, whatever you want. Not everybody watches things on the same schedule, so why not? That's my feeling anyways. A- Axel put 1883 on his list after watching the opening credits. Oh, I did. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I saw the I saw the woman playing the daughter, and I was like, "This is my favorite show I've ever seen in my entire life, ladies and Who gentlemen." She legit sounds like uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, when she's yeah. doing her Dolores in the blue dress. I, like the first yeah. time I heard the commercial trailer thing for it, yeah. I looked up because I was expecting it to be something for Westworld because uh-huh. legit, she sounds so much yeah, like her. She does mix her with Jennifer Lawrence. And you got they're that, very similar. That's it. Oh my God, Heath, you're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely yeah. Yep. She is something else, man. I'm telling you, I feel like she's going to be a huge. Not only she's absolutely gorgeous and breathtaking, but she's a great actress too, both physically in the way she moves for this show, <laughs> and you know her acting, her talking, and such. Is this a newcomer <laughs> or somebody I would know? Uh, no, she's actually was in a Netflix show called something like Charlie, and it was a teen, a teen tween show. But this is her first big, I think, kind of adult role. And, it looks uh, like she has a recurring role on maybe. Um, there was another show. You're right. The, the Sheldon show. What's oh, yes. Young Sheldon. Young Sheldon? Yeah. yeah. She plays a friend or something like that, or maybe oh. a tutor. Or, I don't know. I read, so is it, read this something. is a kid? This no, she's 22. Oh, she's like 22. Oh, okay. She originally was going to um, be a um, uh, a series regular on Young Bubba, but it didn't work oh, out. It didn't work out. It didn't work <laughs> out. She can be a series regular on Sister Wives with Axel. Um, <laughs> that took a little time. That I'm took a little sure time, Perry but it was worth it. I have something to say about that. <laughs> it was Axel. worth it. Pretty sure Perry would not agree. <laughs> well, I have to say, I almost put one show that I almost put on my list was um, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I, keep, I almost did too. Yeah, because <laughs> it is so Gina's fault from this show last year that I watched that show, yeah, and it is so crazy. Good. And all oh, if I was a majority shareholder in this podcast network, I would have forbade forbade that. <laughs> well, let me tell you, on the show, this guy wants to have a kid, and he says to his wife, "Let's have a kid." She's like, 
She's had like nine miscarriages. Like ten miscarriages. Yeah. Four yeah. kids. And, then and, and she, three, three or four kids. Yeah. yeah. And she says, I don't want to do that. And he looks at her and he goes, why don't we get a sister wife? And she's like, what? And he's like, come on. Why not? Like, it's just like, they're it's not like even, going to the store and getting milk or something. They're converted Mormons. Yeah, and they're not of the sect of Mormonism that allows polygamy. No, they're not so. even Mormons. They're Catholics. I think they're oh, Catholic. Yeah, they're Catholic. Oh, I think you're right. I think Catholic. you're right. Yeah. Like, just because they live in Utah. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're losing everybody. If they are, I don't know. We're, we're yeah. losing everybody. Yeah, come on. All right. I wanted to get back to All the... Right, back to the point. I, I, want, I, I just... I wanted to... Yeah. The, I was going to say the, the... Oh, her name is Isabel May, because we keep on saying that girl. But her name is Isabel May, the woman from, uh, from 1883. And that is on my list. But I wanted to start off with Mike and I wanted Mike to talk about his number one because I think it probably is what most critics have put as their number one succession. So Mike, talk a little bit about why you put number succession at number one. I I think the thing that I love about succession is that it's one of those shows where there's no way you can really describe to somebody what makes it good if you try to if you try to describe succession it sounds like the most boring fu- can we cuss yeah of course <laughs> yeah i did like 2 minutes in yeah uh, okay good uh it sounds like the most boring fucking show that anybody would ever watch but what's so good about it is that they develop these characters so well and they build tension to where they get to these big scenes these big kind of like showcase scenes where um it's good on the surface but what makes the scene better is what's unsaid and all the the context and and everything is so layered on that show. You can't just, you can't background watch it. You you have to pay close attention. There's uh, callbacks to previous things. There's things that you won't get unless you completely understand the relationships between characters and what they're trying to accomplish. And then I felt like this season, um, I would have put it number one regardless, but I don't, I, I can't remember the last time a show knocked it out of the park with the finale. Like, season three of succession did it was you know people said it was succession's red wedding and i i i kind of agree with that it, it was a it was an incredible episode and they just they do everything perfectly I, I don't know if i've seen better writing on a show like it's 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 incredible what they do and after three seasons i'm comfortable with putting it in my all-time favorites with wow. things that had five six seven season runs um yeah it, it's just remarkable what they do with that what they do with that show Andy, you had it uh, high on your list too, didn't you? Yes, it's also my number one. Okay, I think it's. I'm. I'm not going to put it in my top all time yet. I'm. I'm not quite to the point. I'm not quite as high on my as Mike is right now. But I'm also. I think I had the best episode of this of the year was the finale of this season. I just. I think it's amazing. I mean, they make, they make a shareholder meeting exciting. It's exactly the, act, the acting is just unbelievable. This year there was a lot of, besides. I think when I talked to you before, Axel, I had said I kind of describe it as the political stuff is a lot like how Game of Thrones was, where if you enjoy the political stuff in Game of Thrones, you're going to love succession like that. I mean, there's shades of the Godfather in this season, big shades of the Godfather, which are just it's I mean, every people that are much more eloquent than me have already said everything that can be said about the show. I mean, I can understand people not liking it because most characters are not likable, but it's so damn watchable and the acting is so good it's just so compelling you can't, i can't i was once i finally got caught up this year i couldn't wait for sunday nights because it was i don't remember having a show like that where i just i literally had to watch it the second it came online and 
normally I can wait a while, but yeah, I loved it. I think it's good, the best show of the year. Now, Bubba and the score, the oh. score too. Like the music is incredible on that show. I have noticed that. Hey, Bubba, you had Succession at eight. Why didn't you have it higher? Did you think this was as good as other seasons? Are you agreeing? With no, Mike, no, I didn't. Think? Thanks, Axel. I didn't. I thought this season was a bit of a step down if you looked at it by episode by episode. I do want to go to one point that Mike said. Mike said that he, he felt like this was a tough show to describe why it was good and it was hard to put into words to tell somebody why you should watch Succession. Well, there is this pick going around that's uh, been sent from uh, Roman to people to show how this show is good. Um, but just don't send it to your father. Um, <laughs> I even know what to see. I don't know. I don't watch the show, but I hear about all this stuff. So I know what you're talking about. Right. The show also, it has a bit of a formula. And so if you really look at it over three seasons, while I think it is a very good show, there is a bit of running in place that the show does just by its very nature. And so that's why it only went to number eight on my list. Okay. I, I agree with that, by the way. I, I, like that's, That didn't cause me to drop it on my list, obviously, but that's, that's very true. He's right about that. I agree. What do you mean by running in place? Is that four? Well, the title of the show is Succession. And if we ever see that succession, oh, you I might assume you that okay. the show is over. Okay. So. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. It just keeps you going and going of who's going to who keeps that main point on and on and on. That's interesting. Now, there was, I don't want to spoil, but in the. I believe in this penultimate episode, there was a question, this huge question of if a character died or if, if, if they, and then I believe that they didn't, I think that they were still alive. Did this cause any consternation? Do you feel, did you feel set up at all, Bubba? Did that lower your, did you think that was false? Um, kind of like a false drama that they interjected or was that just the fans? It, it was an interesting note, Axel. Boy, uh, for, it's, uh, you know a lot about this show. I listen to too many thing. podcasts. Yeah, oh, I listen to Bill you. Simmons, and they talk about Succession at the end. That's me yeah. too. I don't they watch do. Succession, but now I'm like, ah, oh, Succession isn't the type of show that would normally leave you with a cliffhanger question. It might leave you with a, oh, that's a big change in the status between these players, between these characters. But they don't normally end you with a, wait a minute, what did this? Did this character just die? Are they going to die? That kind of thing. So I never assumed that this character was going to die. So it didn't affect my enjoyment of the season. I just really think that certain episodes in season two, like if you look at the individual episodes of season two, I thought they were a stronger bunch than the individual episodes okay. of this year. But I almost don't like talking about the negative. Uh, like Andrew and Mike said, this is a, a great show, well-acted, incredible writing. I just enjoyed a couple of other shows more. I think that uh, that cliffhanger episode that you're talking about too. I didn't even think of it as a cliffhanger. I until one of my non-podcast friends who also watches the show texted me like l the next day, and he's like, "So what do you think? Do you think he's alive or dead?" And I'm like, "I I didn't, didn't even occur to me that that was a cliffhanger." And it's not a show like Lost or something like that where at the end of the episode you're like, "Oh my god!" You don't, it's just not the way I watch that show. So it never even occurred to me when I saw people were mad about it. I was actually kind of shocked. So. People were mad about it. I, I, just like you guys, I didn't think he was dead either. So I, I, I watched the episode. I was like, all right, cool. And then my wife goes, so do you think he's alive or not? I'm like, wait, what? You think he's dead? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't get that either. 
and I don't even I don't know what were people what were people mad about. Well, I think- we should point out this is a big spoiler. The character was face down in the pool, and uh, <laughs> you know we saw air bubbles blowing out of their nose as if uh, the final breath had gone. So so it was easy to assume that. This character I, the, might have. Uh, a lot of the ones that I saw that were mad were people that because it's it really isn't a when you think of it because it's really resolved like in the first thirty seconds of the next episode and it's not okay. even they don't even play it off like it was a big mystery. Yeah, it, that, I think that's why people were mad. They were like, "What? Why? The, what they set this big thing up and there was no payoff." But I never uh, saw it as a big setup. If that if that makes sense. No, that does. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Interesting. Entourage did that a lot. They would make something really big, and then the next episode would be like, eh, it's no big deal. Yeah. He's Aquaman. Um, <laughs> interesting. Okay, Succession. Yeah, I have, I, again, famously, only because I talked about it, that's why it's famous. I made it famous myself. I have watched the first three episodes of Succession like four times trying to get into this show. I'm not even kidding, because I trust everybody who loves it, and I and I see what's great about it in those first three episodes, but I just have absolutely no interest in going back and hanging out with these people. And I know that sounds stupid because I've watched a million shows with horrible people. It's not, you know, I mean, towards the end of Breaking Bad, who is Walter a hero? I hate that dude. So I wasn't like, sorry, Bubba. I wasn't like (laughs) hating on the characters, but it just didn't, I guess it, I just felt like for some reason I wasn't kind of getting into it. And I, and I was talking with someone and I think it is that the main character, the main, the dad, Brian Cox, right. Reminds me of spokesman. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of my father, I think. So it's just like with the Sopranos where I didn't rewatch that for everyone's like, Oh my God, Foley, what are you talking about with this father? Uh, but it kind of just like Tony Soprano, my father is basically like Tony Soprano mixed with that guy from Succession. And it's that's not but but very funny, too. So I don't want to talk all bad on my dad, but just very aggressive. You said your, you your mom is like uh, Tony's mother. I'm, how are you yeah. a functional human being? Well, if this your is, mom is like Tony's mother and your father's like Logan Roy. Well, like, that's why I watch so much TV, Mike. <laughs> listening to the Succession podcast live. <laughs> We're listening to the Foley therapy session. Um, yeah, no, my uh, just a little bit, but it does. I will say that that interplay, I it did hit me in a certain way. So I don't have negative feelings about the show. I think it's something personally that perhaps I must work through in order to watch it because it does seem very emotional, right? Like it, it is about the emotional journeys of the characters and their family dynamics. So when it seems on succession, when someone puts someone down, it's not like they murdered their henchmen or something. It's that they scarred them emotionally. They said something or did something that hurt them so deeply that they're reacting to it in a negative manner. So I can kind of see that. All right, I want to I want to I'm going to move it along. I'm going to throw it over to Jenny. That's right, not Gina, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, you have the other show. You have number 1 on your list, Mayor of Easttown. Mm-hmm. That was the other show that Andy mentions. So many of us, that's on my list, Mayor of Easttown too. 
I th- I know. I th- how many people have that on their list? Raise your hand. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, so so. I don't know. Oh, everyone except for Bubba and Andy. Okay, and wow. me. <clears throat> and who? I did enjoy it. I oh, did okay. enjoy it. I want to say that. That's good. Yeah, it was a really good show. I I thought Kate Winslet did an amazing job, and it was like showed how a not perfect person was still like you know it just it told a really good story and it showed her as a real person and man she did amazing with her accent work like like killer um nicole kidman needs to learn from her because <laughs> nicole kidman <laughs> cannot do an accent to save her fucking life i know <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> you had, Jenny. i mean hey, nicole, so i actually have <laughs> I have um, nine perfect strangers as like an alternate on my number 10 yeah. um, because I did enjoy the show. But the one thing that drove me nuts the whole time was like, why did they even introduce this woman as a German woman? And I know it's based on a book, but she can't do that. Like, why didn't they just let her be an Australian woman? Russian? She can't do an American accent very well either. Russian, yeah, Russian. Okay, I was sitting here like I thought she was Russian. I don't even know accents. My bad. (laughs) But it was terrible, regardless. Like it wasn't. She didn't have a Russian New this year or this past year um that was the one that probably stuck out to me the most as like the best like with all the like hitting all the all the check marks on the list for me anyway yeah i can you guys hear me i switch my microphone can you hear me still yeah okay yep. cool. yeah. um yeah i i loved mayor of Easttown. i loved where it was set to because i'm from jersey mm-hmm. and they had all the philly shit and mm-hmm. they met, they kept on talking about Wawa coffee, and I can't. I mean, come on! <laughs> if you mention Wawa in a TV show, automatically it's making my top ten for the year. I mean, come, it's Wawa people. I love the Philly accent too. I'm a big fan of this show called The Best Show with Tom Sharpling, and um, they're always making fun of Philly, and they have this character called Philly Boy Roy who comes on. And, and if you're from New Jersey, there's a special place. Philly is the grimiest, dirtiest. Like, you just, I mean, I can't describe. And that's why I love that show, too. And it too. looks it in that yes. show. They, they show it the way it is. Like, yes. I mean, it just looks... I. I mean, yeah. And she and the, it looks dirty and grimy and dingy, and she always looks frazzled, like all the time, yes, all yeah. the time. And that's that's like her state of being. And, and still and it beautiful, shows. though. And it that's just the looks thing so about real. her. Too. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks so yeah. real. Kate Winslet. She looks like she's somebody's going to say to her, "Oh, your hair looks great." And she's going to be like, "What? What did I do? What is something wrong?" And you're like, "No, it looks. I said it looks great. I mean, calm down, Kate." You know, she like get mad at you. I loved it. I thought it's interesting. Succession is about super rich people. Mayor of Easttown is about probably lower class people. I wouldn't even say middle class, like lower class. But I would say like low middle class, low working middle class, class is what okay. they call it. Working class, 
Drew, you could say that, but I see sometimes I think of that working class. It's like people, you know, like people work, you know, middle class people work, right? Yes, but the term working class does actually refer right. to certain things. You're right. you're right. I know. I'm just playing my own <laughs> mind games here. But it's interesting that people like both of those shows. But the thing about both of them, too, is they're both about families, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Because yep. the thing from Mayor of Easttown that I love the most were the scenes when they were sitting in the kitchen talking to each other and give me a paps or give me a beer and just like chatting it through. Rolling Rock Yingling, not Ro- paps. Yes, Rolling Rock and, Rolling Yingling. Rock and Yingling, very specifically. Get it male, straight. Female it's split. number two on my list. <laughs> and I drank Rolling Rocks all summer because of her. What, what did you love about this show, Solo? <laughs> well, I love... Uh, Gene Smart was fantastic as the mom. He had a little Roy mm-hmm. from the office, but Gene Smart really um, brought a different level. I, but I, I, Kate Winslet, not being, I, she might have put on a little weight for the role. Like she, she felt like a Pennsylvania mom detective, former star. It's just, it was perfect. It wasn't like you needed that type of character in that role to make it real. And like the accent was amazing, but I just love that she was such a flawed character. She wasn't the mm-hmm. nicest person, right. but she had, <laughs> but she, but she, I mean, think about their, the lives that of everything that the past right, right. With her and her family. Um, but she was a good detective. And I really liked that young kid they brought in at first. I'm like, Oh, what? And then mm-hmm. of course a big thing happens with him. It just blows you away. And even the twist of the show, I didn't see coming at all. Because they every week you think it's someone new who right. did the murders. Yep. But it was, I love, and my number one favorite, we'll get, we, you know, we talk, me and Axel talk about a lot, but the small town, the, the, the characters in the town, Juliet Nicholson, she was great in it as well. Love her from, uh, you know, the old Law and Order days and Conviction was a Dick Wolf show last of the season. She's been in a ton of stuff. But um, she, uh, the, uh, just the whole dynamic and, the, and like you said about Succession, the acting was just superb. And this is my type of show. So, of course, it's going to be high on my list because I like murder mystery, detective drama, Me character, too. family issues. <laughs> so it was like that, like Ando. It was like I couldn't wait to watch this episode, the new episode every week. Yeah. I was just, this is in my wheelhouse, and uh, it was just, I thought it was done pretty. I mean, it might be a limited series. They may bring it back, but, man, I, I, it just, Kate Winslet, I, it reaffirmed, if that's even a word, um, how much I love yes. her. And now she's probably my favorite act. Is it? Oh, cool. It's I love how you use probably my favorite actors. Yeah, I know. I don't even know. I, I, I can throw them. Is that a word? So yeah. Much. You, you mentioned okay. also she may have gained weight. I don't know if she did. And I have to say, one of the things I like, look at Yellow Jackets. I, I think that there has been such a stigma against basically women who are heavier, or have weight on, on television. And... Once a woman got to a certain age, she had to look a certain way or else she was phased out. 
And I think that you have these shows and you see where that's not the truth anymore. And thank goodness, because look how great she is. Look how great Melanie Linsky is on Yellow Jackets. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 years ago, they say, hey, you have to lose some weight to play this role. To play what? A regular person? So I think that that's one of the things that was so awesome about Mayor of Easttown, too. The way that I just have the image, the way that she kept on hiking up her jeans in Mayor of Easttown, if you remember, it was like a little tick that she had where she just kind of pull her pants up in the back every once in a while. And it just felt like normal, like she... You know what I mean? Like she's just trying to be. It like, is normal because yeah. I live that life. Okay. There you go. Well, <laughs> where you have I to pull, pull your pants up all the yeah. time. I don't have hardly any hips. And so it doesn't matter if I have a belt on or not. At some point, they're going to slide down a little bit and I'm going to have to pull them back up. So it's like an actual like thing that adds more like real yes. flair to to it. It makes her more real because that's literally how we live. Yeah. <laughs> Gina. Yeah, nobody has mentioned the weight gain I put on for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you look, you look good. Man. I think you've lost weight, but you always look good. Uh, he's a method podcaster. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, it's the heroin, heroin and fireball combo. Gina, this was on your list. This was on your list too. Do you have anything you want to chat about it? I mean, just kind of in agreement with everyone that talks about, you know, this is a, an actress that's represented as a real person that wasn't trying to fit into, you know, the Hollywood mold. And I think that was something they very intentionally tried to do with this, like that, that she in fact wanted um, Kate, that Kate Winslet wanted. And, you know, I think it's great if it's setting a good trend for women just to be as they are and not have to lose weight, wear Spanx, have face work done that then everyone also tears you down for sorry Kristen Davis I mean you know you can talk about the ladies from sex in the city that are back in their show it's like for weeks all I saw was like they're so old look at that awful work they've had why is her hair gray and it's like we're all old (laughs) well I think Gina froze it's such an interesting freeze, right. too, because it's like she's looking off in the distance. I know. She's looking off. You know I mean? like she's like trying to think of what to say, but she's actually frozen. But I'm going to continue what she was saying, and I totally agree. Yeah, with the sex in the city, that becomes such a big part of it, and it's good to see natural people because obviously men have been allowed to be natural and and crankly and 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 – you know, like I have, like all the wrinkles in the forehead, that's distinguished, you know? So it's good to see Men are celebrated for that shit. True. That's true. Men have been allowed to look, however, on TV and in movies for a long time, especially in TV. I mean, because like when I was a kid and like reruns or some of them might have been first airings, I don't know. I was born in 73, but um, Archie Bunker. Look at Archie Bunker. Look at Carol O'Connor when he was Archie Bunker. Um, like he was just a heavy set, bald, white dude, all wrinkled up forehead and he could just look whatever way, but other people can't just be looking like that. Cause you know, I can, I mean, but that's because I'm Irish like him. <laughs> I have a big round head. <laughs> all right. Well, let, I'm going to keep it moving and I want to talk about a show and then we're going to get to every I'm gonna, I want everyone to kind of pick a, di- a like their own show to talk about, you know? I just want to try to get the big ones out in the front. 
And this is, I think, if I'm correct, Andy, this is kind of on that secondary list that's on everyone's uh, list, and you mentioned it, which is Yellow Jackets, baby. Very popular show. Let's see. Who wants to talk about Yellow Jackets? Anyone? Anyone want to volunteer? (laughs) Solo. I've been enjoying it, too. Nice. Solo, what do you have to say about Yellow Jackets? Freaking love the show, man. All right. Nice podcast, okay, no, everyone. Gonna, no, <laughs> no, it's it's funny because I compare it to La Brea. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Oh, that's not on anyone's list. Yeah, the zero yeah, mentions it's not La Brea. On, I thought yeah, Bill Cava would have it on there. Bill Cava, Bill Cava. you're in big trouble. Bill Cava. Well, the thing is, sorry, sorry. about like four or five episodes in the Yellow Jackets, people like, oh, they're doing the plane crash thing like Lost. And I was like, oh, I didn't even dawn on me where La Brea felt like a Lost ripoff. That's how good. You know, you know what, what it I mean? made me think of when I saw the trailer for it, Heath? I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh, no, no, It no, made no, me please. think of Lord of the Flies from reading that when I was growing up. And that's what I thought of immediately when I started watching the first episode with that scene. Like, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So yeah. And then the lost thing came on later. Yeah. I didn't even consider the lost thing at all, but the acting is phenomenal. The young actresses are amazing. The present day actresses are even more amazing. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. And Julia, I love seeing Juliette Lewis. She just, she, she has that Daniel Day Lewis kind of like he, she can transfer it. She just can play that role very well. Um, I, I mean, and then it took me, I knew Christina Ricci was in the, in the show and it took me a few scenes to be like, Oh, hello, Christina Ricci. You're that crazy blonde girl, nursing person. Um, Misty. <laughs> But it, it, it is well done. I love the 90s references, of course. That's a lot of our time uh, in college and, and, and coming of age in our early 20s and, you know, the music and just the different things. But it's, it's very well done. It doesn't try to do too much. Um, I just it's my number six because it hasn't finished yet, even though I have another show, I've watched the opening credits and it's higher, Axel. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's just one of those shows. Again, I look forward to it every week. And I wouldn't have watched, I, I thought I was like, oh, that looks cool. But Axel told me, you've got to watch Yellow Jackets. You have to watch. And so I'm like, so me and my wife watched it and we're so into it. I love Sophie Thatcher. She's awesome. Um, it's just, it's one of those shows that it's so well done and it just feels very detailed where you have a lot of shows that sometimes, okay, network shows maybe that just pass through the, the week. And this is, I mean, it's so detailed, as we know, a lot of cable television is just amazing. Um, but it, it, it has me at the edge of my seat, even though I kind of reached a point why it's at six for me. I reached a little point where I like, I want more. <laughs> yeah so it, it, it stagnated a that. little bit yeah. even if that's a word um but it, it just so i'm letting it play out of course i still love it but i i feel like i need a new direction um and because and i i don't know if i wish they showed the teaser that jenny was talking about right off the bat i don't it kind of ru- not ruined it for me but i'm just waiting to get to that point yeah. And that, I was re-watching that, that episode. 
I rewatched that episode the other day and I didn't like sit here and pause it a million times, but I did catch a whole lot more the first or the second time around. I was like, oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, that's her necklace. Oh, that. Okay. So yeah. whose hair can be that long in 19 months? So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's incredible. It's got to be Lottie or Mari. <laughs> it, you know the thing. But with... it's incredible. And then, yeah. the, real quick, just and then I'll shut up. No, um, in the last episode, a big thing happens over the water. Right. And <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm like, that's where it's like, is there something supernatural? Is it a curse? Is it you know? Is it just happenstance? <laughs> it, it keeps you guessing, is what the yeah. show yeah. does. Yeah. Once you think yeah. you have an angle, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this is what it's about. You're like. Okay, it's not you're eating dirt, sleepwalking. Okay, right. Yeah. I think, and it, then the Lottie, the when they did the flashback with Lottie in the car with her parents, like, like, and then um, the medication and all that. And when I had listened to Axel and what what's her name Trey, Trey yeah. talk about it, and you had said that you looked up the medication and it's an antipsychotic used for schizophrenia. I was like, schizophrenia isn't normally diagnosed in most people until your early 20s um it doesn't usually manifest until then i'm like why would they have a 16 17 Uh, year old kid on this medication for a long time but then they show that flashback when she was a little girl and she like had that premonition of the car crash or whatever so she started screaming and her parents didn't move and then they didn't wind up dying um so i just wonder and it's partially because i was talking to a friend of mine at work about it but um like she was like having these mental things and her dad just wanted her to stop having the mental things. So because he has money, he made that happen by putting her on this medication. And now she's on the Island and she doesn't have any more medication. And she's like probably having premonitions again because she keeps on saying all the crazy shit. And it's like, Oh, it's so weird. I love it so much. It's It's really, it's great stuff. (laughs) When you were describing it in the beginning solo, what I was going to say is, what Yellow Jackets feels to me is some mystery shows, it feels like you are waiting for them to give you a piece of the mystery. On Yellow Jackets, it feels to almost documentary style, like we get to peek into that world and hang out with them. And they just say stuff that adds to the mystery, like we pick up on it as they're right. saying it. It's To me, it's all about Melanie Linsky. I love her. I have always had a big crush on her as an actress. She is like, if I saw her in real life in a room, I would be like, I must speak to her. There's just something about her. She just seems so cool. She's very pretty too, but she just seems very, like you could just talk to her about anything, right? Like she just has that face. And the way she is in this show is fantastic. Gina has just come back. And I want to Sorry, hear guys, my internet. No, it's okay. I would like to hear from Gina and 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 Mike and Andy too. Everyone, because the only person I think Bubba, I think you're the only one that doesn't have Yellow Jackets on your list. It He's is- not a Georgia Tech fan. <laughs> Go dogs! Exactly right. I watched the for free first episode on YouTube. Okay. It does look great. And one of my podcasting buddies, Catfish raves about yellow jackets so i need you guys to keep getting me excited about the show okay so let's not spoil but gina it's number one on yours am i correct yes um this kind of hits so many things that i love in a television show first of all it's dark and twisty which i think at one point last year i'm like 
I need dark and twisty shows. Don't judge. But um, I, lo I love, it's very dark and twisty. It's also super great nostalgia from the 90s, the music, like the way they're dressed. Um, you know, so it's it's just kind of like hits us, hits the spot of nostalgia. But then the actresses are incredible. Yes, Christina Ricci, who basically looks like Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman. Like I was like, who is this? That's girl? great. Like, You're right. This is like Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, from before Bat she Something becomes nerdy Catwoman. she was in with the glasses yeah. and everything. Um, I mean, Juliette Lewis has always been one of my favorites. I, I love Melanie Linsky. I'm glad to see her like really just having the star role in something because I feel like she's always that sidekick friend or that extra girl. Um, yeah, and then just the whole mystery of it all. And you've got the survival element of things, which I always like to see, put people in another environment and see how they manage to survive, which is where they're at with the plane crash. Um, and then just kind of, there's so much we don't know that happened that we're getting these flashes of now as they're adults, um, you know, seeing some of the behaviors and everything and, you know, huge questions out there like, well, what happened to this? And, you know, what happened to so-and-so? And is, you know, are there others of them still alive that we just haven't seen in the show yet? Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest question. So that's a great um, point, yeah. Gina, is that there's yeah. so much that we know, but the other thing is we've only got two episodes left and there's some very basic things that we don't know. We don't know everyone that survived. We don't know what actually, you know, there's that flashback to the first in the first episode that we haven't really come back to. They, they, they have done a great job of kind of slowly bring us along. Mike, what do you have to say about Yellow Jackets? You've been covering it on the One Mike YouTube channel. Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun covering that because people love to theorize. And and the video the shows that I've covered that have gotten the most uh I, I would say engagement have been ones like that where people can theorize and and guess about what's going to happen. Mayor of Easttown was another one where I did a whole video just on theories because people just love to talk about it. But um I don't really have much to add to what uh Heath and Gina said like you guys covered pretty much everything. Okay. I love uh Christina Ricci in it. I, well I love all the adult actresses. I think they all do a great job. I didn't like Heath. I didn't recognize her at first. Christina Ricci. <laughs> yeah, the the ramen noodle wig I guess kind of threw me off a little bit, but um, <laughs> uh, but oh, she's I been great. Her right away. Yeah, I, it took me a second. I'm like, "Oh shit, is that Christina Ricci?" But, um yeah, she's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, side note, <laughs> uh, you mentioned a Melanie Linsky. It makes me wonder, is like, is your list entirely comprised of shows that have women you think are hot? <laughs> I don't know. I was just going to say, Axel's very horny on this list. Spoiler alert. Like, I don't know what's alert. going on. Guys, I love Christina Jenny's, Ricci, too. Uh, fleshlight. I mean, oh. <laughs> Hello. Hey. I'm, I'm married, Heath. I don't need that fleshlight, baby. Oh, hey. 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 <laughs> It, it, rains, it rains once a day. <laughs> <laughs> not after the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. That is kind of. I'm I was, pretty sure you wouldn't want to use that as a flashlight. Wait a second. Probably. Oh my God. Rip my dick off. Uh, let's very see. Sharp in it. I, I'm trying to look at my list and I'm trying to see if maybe you're right. No, well, I don't know. <laughs> I have the Witcher 
pretty high. Henry Cavill is pretty hot. Um, he is pretty hot. And so is and that I, one. Is that one girl on season two? The one that was like the main, <laughs> the main girl on season one. Because you, I mean, that's I haven't true, watched season two. I haven't even finished season one, but. That one, the one girl who uh, I think she's like the main girl on season Yennefer. one. Yeah, Yennefer. <laughs> yes, yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Is she on she's season two? She's gorgeous. Oh, oh yeah. hell yeah. Okay, hell well, there yeah. you go. All right, yeah. well, listen. Uh, season two is way better than season one, yeah. Mike. You should give it a shot. Yeah, Witcher's <laughs> well, I, awesome. I plan to. Yeah, I, I, I plan actually. to. All right, well, I, before I we... I haven't finished season one, so I got to do that. Oh, you should, yeah. Before we get to The Witcher, I want to jump to the last show that is on almost everyone's list. And I'm going to let Bubba chat about this because it's number one on his list. And Ooh. he did a great podcast on this show, which Catfish and our great friend Matt Murdick also appeared on. And shout out to Matt because he on our next episode, the finale of Mayor of Kingstown, he did a musical segment. That's going to be at the, at the end of that episode. But let's talk about only murders in the building. And Bubba, why is this your number one show? Because it's on, I think, all our lists, pretty much. It's not on mine. I Except for mine. I haven't seen it. I haven't and, seen it. And, and, and Heath's. Okay, almost everyone's. Sorry, brother. <laughs> if I knew you were coming on, I would have binged it last night. Oh, it's okay. I would say the one thing you can notice about many of these shows we've talked about, how did they get high up in the list when there are hundreds of wonderful choices out there? It's got to have a narrative drive to keep you going. Maybe that's a murder mystery like Mayor of Easttown or like Only Murders in the Building. Sometimes these shows are just very personal for us. Uh, I always uh, love to tell the story that uh, I, I was whatever grade you're in, in when you're 10 years old. I was in this grade and the teacher came to me and she said, Bubba, you can pick any book for a book report. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to do Winnie the Pooh. And she looked at me like, dude, you are now in double digits. You're reading Winnie the Pooh. And it was it was heartbreaking. Later on that same year, I ran into a cousin who was eight. I thought that was his whole story. <laughs> I ran into a cousin who was eight who was reading an Agatha Christie, a.k.a. an adult book. And I was like, ooh, wow. I want to read an adult book, too. And so between the age of eight and 14, I read every Agatha Christie novel that she came out with. And I just love murder mysteries because of that narrative drive, because of that, ooh, I'm going to find something out. Ooh, there's something hidden in here. That It's not just fun to read, but it's something hidden. So murder mysteries are great. Then you combine it with two classic comedians of, and admittedly, an older generation in Steve Martin and Martin Short. I'm going to go on another side tangent. I apologize. As a kid of the 80s whose parents were too poor to get cable, I had to watch UHF channels all the time. Uh, kids today, Google what UHF is. So I was watching all these reruns. And one of the most important reruns to me was in the late 80s was a show from the early 80s called SCTV. Yes. And uh, the SCTV season four, where Martin Short joined in for just like the final four episodes of that uh, sketch comedy show, is really some of the best comedy I've ever seen. So I've always loved Martin Short. I've always loved Steve Martin. Selena Gomez, eh. Anyway, you combine them into a comedy murder mystery. It is catnip for this cool cat. It is a fun, fun show that really works as a murder mystery, especially the who done it. The why done it is a little tricky, as I talk about on my podcast. But otherwise, it is a lot of fun. So you can enjoy it for the laughs. You can enjoy it for the ongoing narrative of who did it. And you can enjoy it for occasionally those thrills of, uh-oh, is this person I love the killer? 
I think it has it all. It's my number one show of 2020. Beautiful. Ooh, yeah. That was awesome. awesome. I agree. I want to say Bubba, hi to gotta, Tina because we can see her. Wait, I just want to first say hey. hi to Tina. Hi, oh. Tina. Oh, we can see hi, you. Tina. Thanks for joining hi, us. I just finished um, uh, Only Murders in the Building like five minutes ago. The last episode. That's <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I got to hurry up and finish this episode. <laughs> okay, so now we can spoil the whole thing. So it turned out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get exactly why Jan did what she did, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have. Th- I think that is. I mean, <laughs> Wait a minute! Okay. Oh, let's not spoil. Let's not spoil too much. You won't remember any of that if you. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. it is. It is. You're. You're right. That, like Bubba said, I was gonna just. The one thing I want to say, Bubba, is I agree with you. The why is the part of the show that is a little. Uh, but yeah. During a pandemic and so many serious shows, we talk about Succession, Mayor of East, all this. It was such a joy to just tune into this show once a week and be transported. First of all, it's New York. I mean, I'm from Jersey. I love New York. It was cold. It it had that whole feeling of it. The building. I've been in that building. I lived in a building like that. It is so New York. It's great. And you and I guess my list was all the people that Axel is horny for, but my son has a huge crush on Selena Gomez, so he gets this. Here one. we go. There's the rub. All right. Holy oh, man. hey, not yet. He's too young for that solo. But oh. what? <laughs> yes, I went there. What did you want to say, Heath? <laughs> oh, so regardless of what you think. We don't have to discuss, but my favorite Woody Allen movie is Manhattan Murder Mystery. Yeah. Is there any similarities to that film, or is it? Yes, totally. Okay, then especially I'm the it, tone and the light. Yes, totally. Yeah, I yeah. think you'll love. Then I'm gonna love. Then I'm gonna love it. Gonna... All right, I'm gonna watch it tonight. Okay. One of the one of the things that I thought was most fun for me about it was the whole true crime podcast. Um, yeah, part of it, yeah. so I think that th- that will be fun for you too, Heath, since you like cool. the true crime podcast. Um, that that ju- that was just an angle of it that made it so much more fun for me to watch. So, in in addition yeah, to all sh- the things that Bubba said, <laughs> because yes, yeah, all a lot of that. Of, <laughs> a lot of shows are, are have been going to that lately. Another show on my list has that as well, the true crime podcasters, and so yeah. it's interesting oh, how cool. in culture. They filter things into new shows. Oh, and I think yeah. the, the the thing I'm glad you brought the podcasting up because that doesn't get really talked about that much. It's them trying to start a podcast and they're really right. not that good. They're not that good <laughs> at doing it. So it, I mean, it's it's kind of and it's uh, this was my number three, my number three uh, show of the year. I absolutely loved it as well, and it was the biggest surprise of the year for me. I was going in thinking, okay, I, I usually like Steve Martin. Martin Short, I am very hit or miss on. I always have been because me too. My my issue with Martin Short, because I've been trying to convince my parents to watch this show because anybody's parents will love this show. But the uh, anybody's parents, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say anybody's, but most people. I mean that that age range, like my parents are in their seventies, and I mean I get I know they will love it. But my dad's biggest thing is I can't stand Martin Short because I mean when he gets on, it's kind of like Jim Carrey does sometimes yeah, when he gets a little much. bit. A little much, bit over the yeah. top, and a little. But that's in this the reason show, I haven't seen it. And see, in this show, he is reeled in. 
this is the most subdued yeah. Martin Short I have ever yes. seen. And he, was, he, he didn't I bug think, me like he does in a lot of things. Yeah, I, I totally I mean, get what you're saying, Andy. There's, and that's how I've tried to sell the show to people because most people that don't want to watch it are, uh, will say, I don't like Martin Short. And, and I'll be like, well, it's not the Martin Short <laughs> where he's, he's being, I mean, there's a few little moments here and there where he's over the top, but it's, and it's more done where he's, they're making fun of his character when he does that stuff. So it's not like that yeah, is his character. And right. I actually really like Selena Gomez in it. I, that was the other thing that was holding me back. I'm like, I don't need to watch a show with Selena Gomez. I'm not some <laughs> teen she, pop queen kind of person. But she's I great, she was though. great that show. My my kids great. watched that show that she was in yeah. when she was a kid, that uh, Witches of Waverly, Waverly Place, Place or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I had seen her acting in that when she was a kid, and I, I figured I'd give her a chance. And well, I like Steve Martin enough that that was like. And then yeah. when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh yes, I'm watching this," and I loved it. Yeah. It's well, number four for me. <laughs> the, the thing with Selena Gomez is kind of like how I felt about Zendaya a few years ago, where I'm like, "Why is this?" pop princess getting all these great roles but they can both act they're both yeah. really excellent Very actors talented and she has completely won me over i think only murders in the building is fan and it's like I say it's fun it's still got a little bit of darkness to it but i love it i love yeah. it yeah don't ever one I, uh, thing about the oh i'm sorry i was just gonna say one thing about the disney kids that's a lot of practice they've practiced acting right they know what the fuck right. they're doing I just yep. want to say, Tina, you got cut off before, and you haven't had a lot of chance to talk. You were saying something before. we I couldn't hear you too well. About the... I think only murders in the building. Did you want to say something, or...? Oh, I'm just... Uh, Nathan Lane is excellent in the show. I love him. Oh, yeah. I didn't even He's know he was too. in it. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Jane Lynch makes this yeah. when she yeah. makes She's her it just her mouth drops and it's so funny. I forgot yeah. about that. Yes. I forgot about that. Yes, that was so good. So good. I feel so left out. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, can I just say you You're guys gonna watch totally, it. you guys have totally sold me on it. Like good. I, like like Andy said, my trepidation revolved around Martin Short. And that's kind of, that made me kind of just like it wasn't a, a turn off, like I, there's no way I'm gonna watch this, but that's what made me hesitant. And uh, to hear to hear Andy's explanation, uh, not an explanation, description of uh, how Martin Short. Uh, Is that a word? Is that a word? Description? <laughs> yeah. uh, to hear that uh, kind of sold me on it. But I have a couple of questions for you guys that have seen it. Just simple, basic questions. One, how many episodes? Two, how long are they? Uh, Ten episodes. And the last one was longer. Uh, they're 30 minutes long. Uh, oh, yeah, they're short. Than the other ones. They're Martin That's Short. Right. I thought I was going to be saying <laughs> and, and, and third question, um, can I watch it high? <laughs> yeah, because yes. I always yeah. Okay, yeah, so much, There are a couple my, episodes it might help that's my a lot state. to watch it high. <laughs> yeah, okay, you definitely that, can. That's, my, that's my, my plan for tonight. So I'm like, I can, you know, after the Pistons game is over, if I can watch it high, I'll probably check it out. Because uh, you guys have sold me on it, and I owe you guys from last year – because last year when we did this, you guys implored me to watch Shit's Creek, and I, I took your advice. And Shit's Creek is fucking incredible. So uh, I, I trust I trust you guys. So, yeah, I trust you guys. So I'll, awesome. I'll check it out tonight after the Pistons game. Yeah, I grew up loving Martin Short. One of probably my favorite all time HBO comedy hour is I Martin Short Goes Hollywood. It is. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know that it's on HBO Max, but you can see a bunch of it on YouTube. And I, there's just 
I know what you mean. I'm not usually one that goes for like crazy comedians. I'm more of like the English, very low key, sarcastic kind of comedy. But there's just something joyous about Martin Short. Like he just brings a smile to my face. He's so weird and funny. And also one of the greatest comedy films of all time, Clifford. And not the big red dog, but when he plays a little <laughs> that kid. I, that I see like, on my direct TV screensaver every five seconds. Yeah, no, I see that too. Yeah, no, but this is when he's a kid and it's, who's the, um, who's, uh, the, he just died. It's the late, great Charles Grodin. Thank you. Charles Grodin. And he says, what's his name again? What's my, he can never get the, he never can remember his, 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 it's his nephew and he can never remember his nephew's name is Clifford. <laughs> So, I'm sorry, I'm making myself laugh. But anyway, yes, only oh, murders quick. in the building. I'm glad, Mike. You should definitely watch it. Hey, are we still live, or or I I don't know if we're still live on the. Are we still live on the Facebook? Aren't you in charge? Aren't you in charge? I don't know, but I looked on it. Didn't yeah. look like we were live anymore. But I don't know. I I can't. I feel feel alive. I feel alive. Okay. Andy mentioned uh, Zendaya, and I just want to say real quick, Euphoria Season 2 starts tomorrow. Fucking watch it. I don't see any way that's not going to end. I'm getting ahead of myself, but if that doesn't end up on my top 10 for 2022, I'd be pretty surprised. Mike, can I ask a question? I haven't watched the first season. What's it about? Is it it just a lot of kids having sex and doing drugs, or is there more to it? That's kind of what it looked Uh, like to me. It is is that. It is that. But there's more to it. Okay. And if you if you if you do watch it, uh, I mean Zendaya won an Emmy for it, so it's not just it's not just kids fucking and doing drugs. What network is it on? HBO. Or is it on HBO? Okay. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's, on HBO Max. it's streaming at the shell station near you. I'll look it up and let you know, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it, it's incredible. And they and during the pandemic, they released two kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how you describe them. Kind of like almost like bottle episodes, sort of, that were filmed during the pandemic. And they're like uh, uh, focused on each episode. Each episode is focused on one character. And I, I don't know how they made something so great with so few resources available to them. Cause it's not, it's not a, especially the Zendaya episode. It's really just an hour long conversation between her and another character, but it's incredible. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited. Like that's, that's cool. going to be, that's going to be nine o'clock tomorrow. I'm going to be in front of the TV. I, nice. I can't wait. Nice. All right. Well, listen, we've been going for a while. And I and I think we talked about the shows that were the most popular. But what I'd like to do is go around the room here and have everyone choose one show that they want to talk about that's on their list. It could be number one, number 10, whatever you want if we haven't talked about it. But let's make it one we haven't talked about yet. I'm going to start with the man at the top, Andy. Okay. Um, let's see. The, fir- the show I'll pick is something that I don't think i think it only appeared on one other list and i think it was from manny and it's my actually my number four and i this show uh midnight mass on netflix i absolutely loved this show i i i've go when uh my work schedule i usually don't watch anything in september and october because i just don't have time to watch anything so i've have been binging shows like crazy since then and this was one of them that i snuck in there it's from mike flanagan the same guy who did hunting of hill house um, I think it is, I, I wrote down here, I think it's the best Stephen King story that Stephen King had nothing to do with. This guy captures Stephen King. I mean, it's it's not a Stephen King, anything, Stephen King that had nothing to do with this, but it is 
I mean, it's there's a lot of nods to Stephen King's famous work, but he gets what makes Stephen King great on the page, and it is rarely translated well onto the screen. Where it's it's a show about um, the dangers and the strengths of faith and religion, about addictions. He gets that the characters are what the important part is, and the the shock value is still in there a little bit. It's horror. I mean, I don't want to spoil a lot because I don't know how many people actually watched it because it kind of got buried in the end of the fall. Um, it's it's a lot, it's very talky. I think it's the best horror show of the year. Yes, I know Yellow Jackets is horror, and a lot of people love it. I love the Yellow Jackets too. I just think Midnight Mass is a more complete show. I I want Mike Flanagan to now be in charge of anything Stephen King related ever from now on because I think he's that good. Um, that's I guess I don't have a lot to say about it. I just want people to check it out if you're into horror at all, or you liked Haunting of Hill House. I think this is a another huge awesome achievement. Yeah, I watched the first episode and I thought it was fantastic. But I just want to pay attention. It's one of those shows that I liked it so much that I was like, I got to pay attention to this and try to like convince my wife to watch it. But I loved Haunting of Hill House. And I thought that this had a great, it has, again, what Heath was saying to like a small town feel, right? It's about yep. this, oh, yeah, for this sure. little small town and the history and the area. And it's very spooky, but it's not... Um, it is horror, but the first episode to me was more like maybe not thriller esque, but uh, I don't know how. Well, to it, just... it it goes. It it definitely goes more into horror, and okay. it also I, I should also say too, anybody that is into horror at all and has anything to do have ever been Catholic or in the Catholic Church yeah. should watch this show. All right, I'm going to watch is, it yeah. then. Yeah, that's. It, I mean then. It de- it's definitely a show. It's one of those. Show- There's a few other shows out that we've already talked about where it kind of like Yellow Jackets, you know, right away from the first episode or second episode that you're in good hands and the creators know what they're doing. I mean, I, it was, it's, I don't know. It just, I can't do it very eloquently, but yeah, it's a great show. I think you did. There's anyone else watch of- this? I did. Um, because the main character is played by this guy, Hamish Linklater, who yeah. was one of my good college friends, boyfriend, who I always used to make fun of at breakfast when we were at school. Um, and I watched it for him basically because I was so jazzed that he was getting like such kind of a big show. But He's great ha- in it too. Yeah. But having been raised Catholic, I don't know if it was a combination of familiarity with the church and with him, but he was so calming. Like there's something about it as a Catholic, former Catholic, that was so calming in, you know, in spite of the horror that comes later. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just, uh, it was pretty interesting. It didn't make my list, but it was definitely, I thought, a a good show. And it it might be more that I saw it near the end of the year too, where it's just, it stuck with me more too. But something about his performance as the priest too, it's, it was so like other priests I have known throughout my life. A lot of the yeah. time, like you say, with that calming, and it was like, it wasn't even like, I didn't even occur to me that, because I don't think I've seen him in much else, didn't even occur to me as being an actor until uh, the show was over, because it was like, yeah. yeah, this is a priest. Like, it, the was, the acting is just fantastic in it. Super comforting. I don't, it was just, yeah, it was, that was kind of what did it for me in that show. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Very cool. Anyone else watch that show or have anything to say about it? No? All right. Let's go to Solo. I'm going to go with my number seven on my list, HBO Max, The Flight Attendant. 
No. With Kaylee Kuko. That was this year? I don't even remember that. That was 2021. <laughs> yeah. Was it 2021? I don't even I mean, think that's so. the year we just came oh, out Oh, I guess of. it I ended didn't... in 2020. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think it was late, really late last, really I, late in 20, I think. I watched it in 2021. That's so okay. That was a great the show. Overlap. We get the little overlap. Um, fantastic <laughs> show. Great mystery. Kaylee hit it out of the park. She's fantastic. She did. Um, Michael Huseman, our boy, Dario 2.0, etc. Um, <laughs> Orphan Black. Treme. Uh, love love him. Oh, down in the Treme. And Axel's girl, Rosie Perez. Oh. Uh, I'm bummed. I'm bummed this was 2020. <laughs> I don't think I was on the show last year, so maybe I. Yeah. Anyway, um, you were not. You were sick. I remember. Yeah. That's okay, Keith. Keep talking about it. I love the flight attendant. It's coming yeah, back in a couple months. No, I think. no, I'm realizing I don't remember a lot of it. Um, no, but uh, no, it was. It was you're, you're really selling the audience. Doesn't remember a lot of it either. Watch it if you haven't watched it in 2021. Watch it in. Do you want to pick a different show, Solo? You want to pick another one? <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the show I don't but remember. I love the flight attendant. It was awesome. I just don't, without spoiling it, I don't remember a lot of it. Okay, so let's go. You know what? I'm going to go because I know nobody, nobody has this on their list. Number five, Law and Order Organized Crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was probably like, oh, God, I got to. Anyway, um, Chris Maloney comes back as Elliot Stabler. Uh, and he runs a, he's part of a new unit, organized crime. Basically he shows up on SVU. Um, he was in Rome for like 10 years doing, being a liaison to New York and all that. And that's how, and of course, um, his wife gets blown up in the first episode, (laughs) but in a car. So that sets the whole the whole storyline. And then the moment where you see Elliot and Olivia Benson see each other for the first time in 10 years, just melted my heart. It gave me goosebumps. Um, I'm a huge law and order fan as probably y'all know. And, but they made this show. It's different from other law and orders. It's very, it's kind of serialized. They add some other things, but uh, uh, Dylan McDermott in the first Actually, he, he plays like the main bad guy, and he's freaking awesome. Um, they they bring his kids in, and I believe I know the main daughter was in the original Law and Order SVU. I'm not sure about the. I don't think the other ones were because they were younger. But honestly, Chris Maloney is back. He goes like undercover at one time, as you know, he's got the goatee and he's playing like a you know badass, and it's just like it's so good. And but the only problem I had with it is the supporting cast of his team were not good. It was like Aww. they got new actors and they, they were they okay. I mean, they didn't have much to do. That's right, baby. I'm law and order reboots start happening. I'm coming yep. for you. Catfish um, and solo it, it, the team. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. I think catfish will be disappointed. The wife blows up only in the first episode. If they could drag <laughs> that out, you know, like, well, actually she blows up in every episode. Right. Exactly. They do flashbacks. a super day. It's just no, one but part the, of the just... car explodes at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it really, um, they're really getting into the mind of Elliot Stabler and the relationship with Olivia. Cause she, uh, 
Marisha Hargitay is on the show a lot, does a few scenes. They go back and forth through SVU. But for me, I missed Elliot Stabler so much. I love SVU, and I think SVU is actually still a great show, and it amazes me because they're in their 20s season-wise. It still airs? They do, they do, yeah, they do yeah, recycle wow. some things. But, yeah, no, it, it's, it's still really good. Um, Can I ask you, it, Keith? It, I'm sorry. I yeah. need to interrupt. Is this show serialized? Is it lightly serial? I, I heard it was a little bit more serialized too. than the other Law and Order. It's very serialized. Yeah. Very okay. serialized. It's not. There's not any one-offs. Um, there's. It's very serialized. Now there's an over. The new season started out with a new kind of storyline where he goes undercover, but the season one storyline is still. Some of it is still in the back, you know, still hanging over our heads. Like The Wire, oh. season two. I'm not comparing this to The Wire. The Wire is the great, one of the greatest shows ever made. But in season two, how you still had uh, Barksdale, Avon Barksdale, yeah, of some of the yep. stuff in prison. And, and, but they were focusing on the docks. They, they kind of go there. Yes. Uh, and it's a big storyline now in the middle of the season. But it just for me, uh, again, you, you get a theme of the shows I like and I, you know, and it's it just nice to see Chris Maloney back and it, he, he, he's flawed too. And it's great. And I just, I love this show. So it's my number five. That's awesome. Chris Maloney. He's no baloney that I just want this. I just came up with that. No, he, no, see, he might be, be ham and, uh, no. ham and cheese. He's the cheese and I'm the macaroni. <laughs> I brought it back around. Oh. All right. Law and Order, that's cool, Heath, because you know what? I actually want to check that out because I like Maloney, too. Going back to Oz, baby. Oh, my God. Oh he was a beast. It is crazy oh how popular God. that guy has become because if you watch him on Oz, you're like, he's never working again. The shit he Him did. and J.K. Simmons. Oh. Him and J.K. Simmons. I'm still, I'm still afraid of J.K. Simmons. I know, man. Like, I still think... And you know what's funny because he started after season five of Oz, I believe, around that he started SVU and then came back for season six and did some episodes while he was doing SVU at the beginning. So there is an overlap there with Oz, which is crazy, crazy. All right, I'm going to throw it over to thank you, Mr. Solo. And hey, you know what? Before we go any further, I just want to give a shout out because Peter Bill Kava, Peter from Australia, Bill Kava. Um, Brett, our good friend, Brett, also Manny Diaz from the Facebook. Also, let's see, Janet Fizzlehoff sent in her list and also Elton gave us only one show, which I'm going to ask Andy about a little bit later. The JJ Abraham special, (laughs) JJ Abraham's (laughs) Jeremy Clarkson's show. He it's on Amazon Clarkson's farm, but I want to thank them for sending their listen as well. They've been a part of this discussion, even though they may not know it, but I'm going to, can I I hear their number ones at some point? Oh yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm going to, I'll throw it. We'll take a little, a short break. This is Peter's list. Get back. Number one. Only Murders in the Building, The Landscapers, White Lotus, Uprising, Australian Survivor, Time, Invasion, The Problem with Jon Stewart, and Catla. Some of these are Australian shows because he's from Australia. Bill Kava, starting at number 10. Succession, number 9, Sweet Tooth. Didn't get a lot of mentions of that, but that was a good show on Netflix. Yeah, I think that was the only one. 
Yeah, Loki. A lot of people like Loki. What we do in the shadows, only murders in the building. For all mankind, that's on my list. The White Lotus, Mike White, love him. Ted Lasso, a lot of people love that. Mayor of Easttown and number one on Bill Kava's list, Station Eleven, which Mike is covering over on One Mike. That's a good show. And let me let me hit you with uh, Manny's. Number one, number 10, What If? Number nine, Midnight Mass. WandaVision, Invincible. That's on my list, too. Loki, great show. Love it. Only Murders in the Building, Mayor of Easttown. Mr. In-Between, which is on Hulu, but is an Australian show. And it wasn't on Pete's list, even though he's Australian. Number two, Foundation. How How dare him, I know. And number one from Manny, Arcane on Netflix. A um a uh, arcane is, is the arcane. arcane it's yes. not really anime. It's uh, I finished it. It's the, I know this isn't a very high bar, but it's the best video game adaptation of all time. Wow, <laughs> I've heard great. Bar, I've but, re- but yeah, you're not it's, joking. It's a lot of people than like this show. <laughs> I don't know about that. So uh, don't get crazy. It's it's kind of a heavy action sci-fi sci-fi futuristic dystopian science versus magic kind of show yeah. I, th- I thought it was really good it's, it's a lot of action 34 the animation is stunning i, I watched it a couple episodes it's very it didn't good my list his very post good. about it in the group had me intrigued yeah, yeah. that was why i watched I remember it. that because, post. yep that's yeah. that was why i watched it because he was so passionate about it and i really enjoyed it i'd say it made my honorable mentions just uh, it's worth shouting out and it's it's a, I mean, if you, you'll know right away if you like it after the first episode. It's not like something you have to wait five episodes to see if yeah. you like it or not. But It's good. I watched the first show. couple episodes. I thought it was great. A lot of action, definitely. All right. Let's I'm, do- glad, uh, I'm glad Invincible was on that list, too. That was on my list as well. Yeah. Yep, me as Invincible's well. Invincible's great. All right. Let's throw it over to Bubba. Pick one show. You talk about it. Tell us about it, baby. Sure thing. Well, I'm going to go to the most hard to find least known show i think on my list and that's my number four show it's from bbc one over in the uk and once again it's i've just got a history with this i was a theater kid i was in a theater shows where things go wrong if you're familiar with the classic show noises off where the show is pretty much everything goes wrong well bbc one puts on a show called the goes wrong show it is the premise of it is each week a small community college in England gets to go on the BBC and present a one act play. And of course, based on the title, the goes wrong show, everything goes wrong. I'm going to throw (laughs) it back to my UHF days for people old enough to remember who watched the Carol Burnett show with their parents. This is exactly like the Carol Burnett show where these poor college kids try to put on a different play every week. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. A lot of the jokes are creaky and you see them a mile away, but some come through and just knock you out of the park. 2021 was a year where we needed laughs. The show that uh, I got them from only murders in the building, but I also consistently got them from this show, the goes wrong show. You can find it here in the States on Amazon prime season one. You can find it there. And uh, you can also find them on, you can find the episodes on YouTube too. If you need some good, silly fun, Check it out. It made me laugh, laugh a lot in 2021. So that's my number four. What did you say it was called again, Bubba? The Goes Wrong Show. Okay. And you've got a, 
And if, for people who are like, well, Martin Short is too big for me. Sometimes this show is <laughs> 10 times big Martin Short. Like this, <laughs> things go wrong and they're ridiculously over the top. But if you're in that kind of mood, it is a, a good, fun laugh. Hey, Bob, I've got a question for you. You said you're a theater sure. guy. Have you watched any Station Eleven yet? I uh, well, this is oh, my big thing, Mike, yeah. and I, I've only seen a couple of your uh, YouTube uh, posts about it. But I read the novel way back when the novel came okay. out because it was one of those hyped old oh, novels. You got to read it. Yeah. And I read it, and I thought that was good. Like uh, it just got too hyped to me. And I, I read the novel, and the novel just didn't live up to the hype. I thought it was good, but eh. and because then what's the- happened? The yeah, same, oh, seemingly the same thing has happened with the show. But let me say, I almost, I, I'm caught up. I think the show, I might enjoy it a bit more than the novel. So uh, where I thought the novel was good, I think the show is very good. So yeah. Okay, that's because that, that show made my top 10 as well. Even though it's not finished, it's lower down because I don't like to put them too high if they haven't finished. But right. since theater plays such yeah. a huge part in that show. I was, I'm always curious to know what actors and people that are in big theater people. I know we have a couple of them on this call. So I was going to ask them all if they've watched it because I think yeah. it's fantastic so far. Yep, that was Bill Kava's number one. And his daughter, by the way, is an amazing performer, Bill Kava's daughter. He puts videos of her on the Facebook singing, and she does. she's an actress. She does great plays. She is amazing. So he really loves the theater. And that to me, that's what I liked about Station Eleven. The first episode, I liked the casting, too. That show did very well in the casting. Uh-huh. And similar to a show you cover, Bubba, Why the Last Man, it has that initial the world is going to shit in the pandemic episode, which is like <laughs> kind of scary to watch during a pandemic, especially right now. So I do think that there is kind of a, uh, you know, some people may be turned off by Station Eleven and maybe wait a little bit. Oh, yeah. But the critics mm-hmm. love it. But I'm not seeing the same thing coming from the general public. And I think that's generally because of the what the show is about, you know. Um, it can it can be a little hard, but it is a great show. Whose doggy is barking? That's mine. She's at the door. The mailman must be coming. I miss coming. my doggy so much. <laughs> oh. Doggies. All right, Jenny, you're up. Thank you, Bubba. The goes wrong show. Um, my number three is Dope Sick, and I did a quick scan of the oh. list, and I think that Gina was the only other one that had it on her list. But I think Brent um, does, too. <clears throat> okay. It was really good, uh, well-told story that, like, hits close to home. I have family that are addicts. And um, just seeing the way that in this, you know, they they portray in this Appalachian town, um, this doctor who's reticent to follow these FDA things, saying that it's less addictive, and this family running this bio company or or pharma company, I mean, and – they're just like looking at the ways that they can make the most money and the the whole conflict with these people making all this money off of all these people dying. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I Gina, what do you have to say about it? <laughs> I thought this was actually, it, it was kind of mid on my list, but I think this is probably one of the most important shows of the year because yeah. I think we all like the small town I grew up in, 
is definitely hit by the crisis. If it's not people they know, it's people that are addicted to opioids that are constantly stealing, like all the Mm -hmm. time. And, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I know some people that I grew up with whose kids became opioid addicts. Someone I went to school with before my knee surgery six years ago was like, do not take any of the painkillers they give you because I got hooked on Oxy and Mm -hmm. it was the worst year of my life trying to get off of it. And this was a star student, star athlete in high school, like, like marine biologist in Southern California, total career person. And it's just I think it really shines a light on how it can destroy anyone's life. And it's just so relevant. But how is it a TV show? Can you, because I understand, like I have read a lot about this show and I, and I said, wow, Michael Keaton is in it too. They just reveal the story over time. Like they start out at a certain point in time and they're showing the timeline in the Appalachian town where Michael Keaton's character plays the small town doctor and they're showing in that same timeline, the, the pharma company heads who the are doctor. a family. Yes. And okay. I get it. I get it. So and it's so got like they show it stuff how it, too. And... Yeah. 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 And it okay. just like brings out the story over time. And it's like, it follows this girl who becomes an addict and it follows these, uh, it's just, it's and, so, yeah. it's so well told. And then there's the legal portion of it as well that's trying to bring down the Sacklers and they're trying to mm-hmm. so it is kind of not a mystery but a crime for sure because they know something's super rotten and so they're you know I think that's the woman at this, she's the FBI I can't remember but like they try and crack it through the government too but it's like this pharma company has basically paid off the FDA they're lying mm-hmm. I mean it's so infuriating and you think, God, this is still a big problem. There's they Yeah, and when my you dad see what... in, Yeah. My dad was in the hospital in July. He's seventy-eight. He wasn't in a ton of pain, but they're like trying to get him to take the opioids. And I'm like, motherfucker, are you serious? Like it's just it's crazy. Insanity. Yeah, I know. Yeah. My mom is having issues and the... with it too. Yeah. It's one of the things that was at the heart of it was that they were able to get this less addictive label from the FDA when, in fact, it was not less addictive. They had studies that proved it was not addicted, not less addictive, but they did not reveal that to the FDA. And the FDA didn't search hard enough because people's pockets got lined. And it's just it tells the story so well. It's so interesting to watch. And it's just so relevant that okay. I mean, that's why it's it's pretty hot on my list it's my number three but i mean it it hits close to home i live in ohio it it it's like it's all over the place here i mean i do have family but it's not just my family it's my my neighbor's family and and people i know you know it's crazy so to see how it happened and and the way that this these people running this pharma company just want oh it's it's infuriating Okay. So this is not a comedy. Sorry. I'm guessing this is not a comedy. No. No. no you have I'm to just be kidding. I'm just kidding. But... I'm just kidding. I'm Sorry. trying to bring a little humor so... into life. I, I loved it. Sorry. That's yeah. awesome, the joke's though. on us. Yeah, the j- exactly. <laughs> but that's Michael Keaton was a big get too and I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I think that I've heard very good reviews of this show, but I think that the again the kind of the jump the it's the, heavy yeah, i mean it's, you it's, have to be 
in a mood to to watch something heavier. I think that they have I think that the marketing was not clear like you have done a better job of explaining to me how this is a TV show. Do you know what I mean? Like I think uh, it's important, yeah. but I'm wondering you're explaining. So that's interesting. All right, that's cool. All right, let's keep yeah. it moving cuz we have been yeah. here forever. Tina, do you have a show that you want to you want to chat about? Um, no, I actually don't have a top ten okay. list because I've been trying to catch up on all these shows, and so I've just been listening. That okay? That's I'm fine. Gonna, just wanted to ask. Yeah, Thanks for being here. Else's list, and I'm gonna 2022 is gonna be catch up time. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like it. It's always catch up time. All right, so we'll move on to Mike. <laughs> Mike, you got one that you want to throw out there? Sure. Um, I, I'm going to talk about this one just because I think uh, it was one of the three shows that Andy mentioned that appeared in both uh, l- both last year and this year. And I'm certain that's because of me and me alone. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to talk about Dave season I knew two, it. Uh, yeah. on FX. Yeah, I kind of have to because, uh, again, it's the only I'm the reason that it's here. Uh, you're, you're not you're not the only reason, Mike. Last year, I have Tonerol mentioned two years this year and last year, and it was Tim's number one last year as well. Yeah, and uh, it made uh, Alan Sempenwall's uh, top yep. ten as well. But, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about Dave because I thought Dave did some really uh, interesting things this year. You know, last year, uh, season one, it really was kind of just like a fun comedy. Uh, it, it did some interesting things, but it it really was kind of just a unique style of comedy that kind of, you know, delved into, you know, the music aspect. But this season... Uh, they did a lot of really great character work and they took a lot of chances that I think paid off uh, this season. They, they, they had an episode uh, toward the end of the season that I actually tweeted uh, Lil Dicky, the, the star of the show to ask him if, and he didn't reply. So don't, don't, don't think I had a conversation. With I was going to be like, he's going to pop up. No, uh, but I asked him if he was inspired by uh, the leftovers international assassin episode. Oh. Because that's, you know, I, I'm sure you guys, uh, yes. uh, you know, at least Axel, is familiar with that episode. And uh, one of my favorite episodes of television ever. And um, he had an episode that I felt had to have been, it was so similar, I felt like it had to have been inspired by that episode. And it, it, it just spoke to the risk that that show was willing to take this season to really have some really great payoffs. And the finale of that show uh, was one of the more emotional show episodes that I've watched this year. And it was because they put in a lot of work throughout the season to kind of uh, to to place a wedge in between Dave and his 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 crew. And that finale did such a great job of paying off all of the little bits that happened prior in the season that uh, that that girl put that wedge in (laughs) that put that wedge in between those and between him and his uh, his friends. And I, I just thought it was it was still funny. But I, I just love the risk that it took, and I thought they paid off really, really well. And I, I really enjoyed this season. And it was, it, I wasn't alone on this. Like those videos that I did covering this season are still to this day, I think, uh, probably my most engaged videos. It's Yellow Jackets might have passed it, but um, yeah, everybody loved it who watched it. And I, I was, I was blown away by how much effort that he put into this. Like you could tell this wasn't just like, Hey, let me just make a comedy show. Like it, it, it's very autobiographical, I think. And it, it's just so funny. It's so interesting. And they do such great character work there that, that pays off with like really fairly strong emotional moments. And I, I didn't expect that. And I think that's kind of what 
boosted it for me was I kind of went into it thinking like, oh, it's going to be fun again. Another fun season of Dave. And they they did some really, uh, really great stuff on there. That's awesome. I think that's. Yeah, the last. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the last. Yeah, the last five minutes or 10 minutes of the season are some of the most emotional payoff of any TV I've seen. And I know I know exactly which episode you're talking about that it reminds you of the leftovers episode. I never even thought about that. As soon as you started talking about it, I'm like, of course, it definitely is. That's that's an amazing episode, too, just like International Assassin was. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, the build up because. I remember talking to Axel about this a while back, and it was the first half of the season. I really hated a few, especially Dave. I hated him because he was such an asshole to all of his friends, and how that whole storyline revol- resolves is just, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah they pay that off. You, know, you, yep. you think like, oh, this guy's just being a piece of shit, but like it, it, it had an end game, and they, yep. they knocked it out of the park. I think mm-hmm. that Dave reminds me, I mean, I think Dave is a great example of an FX show. It, it continues along the line uh, going back to Louis C.K.'s show. I know Louis C.K. is like persona non grata for good reason at this point, but his show still stands as a fantastic achievement, man. It was, And yeah. you think about um, the shows that FX allows Atlanta. allows it's similar to both Louis yeah, and Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta's coming back. coming back, too. Atlanta is such an amazing show. And they just let people create. And this line between comedy, drama, thriller, sometimes mystery, even like, I mean, you know, Atlanta had that horror episode, right? When he was out in the in the in the uh, woods uh, looking for the Russian from Sopranos. But Mike doesn't get that one yet, but he will. Um, but it, I really love how I, I watched four episodes of Dave, another show that I, I have to go back. It, the, it does take a certain, it is profane to say the least. <laughs> it's very, it's, yeah. it's dirty. It's a really dirty show. And the conceit, and I love that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and the conceit of the show, right. Is that he has a deformed penis. Am I correct in that? Well, Speaking of little dicky of the show, but yes, he does. Well, I'm just saying because well, listen, that's, that's more in the first. That's more in the first season too. That that's that okay. kind of takes us. That's a secondary thing in the second season. I, I would say. Well, Gina and I covered a show with a man who supposedly had a slightly deformed <laughs> penis too. So I just wanted to bring things full circle and talk about deformed penises. Right, a, yes, a turn to the right, um, a sharp turn. But um, all right, Dave, awesome. I like that, man. That's cool. And I'm glad people are watching and engaging with that. It shows you on the YouTube, as I found out with the podcasting, these days they're, a show that you consider niche still has a huge audience and people are looking to talk about it. You know, I was going to cover The Witcher, um, but then I was like, gosh, it's even too big. I'd rather... Let's Heath and I cover Mayor of Kingstown, which I might talk about in a little bit, you know? So it's I think the littler the smaller shows have such a great following and people it just it's great that that it allow you know, T V today allows these shows to exist because they did not used to exist, you know? All right, Gina, let's hear from you. Okay. So technically, this is from the very end of 2020, but I could not bring it up last year because I don't even think it had come out on Netflix yet by the t- when we did this show last year. Because we did this, I think, before, right after Christmas, and I think yeah. the show debuted probably five or six days later. Bridgerton. So I don't know who watched this. 
But if you're a fan of Jane Austen, beautiful <laughs> costumes, Shondaland, that's getting it on in the English countryside. It's beautiful. It's just, it was, a, it's a show. The feast came, for the eyes. Yes, the feast <laughs> for the eyes. It was, it was like delightful and emotional. I think it came at like the perfect time after, you know, we'd been through the first beautiful phase of the pandemic <laughs> and someone just, you just needed something beautiful and hot and, you know, just fun too. I mean, some of the characters are so much fun. Um, what would you compare the show to, Gina? Because I kind of want to oh, watch this show, but what would you compare? Is what's the tone? Is it comedy? Is it draw? Is it it's porn? porn. <laughs> <laughs> drama. Well, yes, from periodic six, drama. Yes, episode six definitely. There's a lot of sex in that one. I think. Uh, I think that six or seven. But <laughs> yeah, it's so, drama. Started episode six. <laughs> <Yeah>. Period <laughs> drama. Yeah, period. Period drama. Very Jane Austen esque. Um, but they mix it up, you know, it's, it's not just a white society. Um, you know, women are still much in the very same place, you know, you, you get debuted and you have to, you know, go through the whole courting season and everything, but there's definitely some, you know, themes of like feminism in it for sure. Um, I gotta watch class this and show. Society. Yeah. I mean, and it's like great cast and. I think they're going to, I think they signed it for like all seven. They're the, the Bridgerton family has, I want to say is it seven or eight kids in it. And so they I can't see, remember. They each, More than the Brady names, bunch. Their name starts <laughs> with the first name, first letter of the alphabet and, and goes on. And so this season was mm-hmm. about Daphne. Mm-hmm. I guess the next season is supposed to be about the oldest brother. Is it Anthony? Anthony. Um, and so I'm kind of like, we'll see about the second season because he was my least favorite character, I think, out of all the siblings. But I think it's kind of fascinating that um, this is all going to happen. And it's a Shondaland thing and, you know, kind of like Sheridan Land, too. Um, yeah. You know, when you get two, like, heavy creators involved and, st- you know, just creators involved and stuff like this, it's... You know, it was a hit at a time that needed it. But yeah, and beautiful costumes, beautiful, you know, the architecture of the mansions, houses they're in. It's just all very, you know, definitely visually stimulating. It's lush. Lush. <laughs> yes. And so you're, okay, episode, we're going straight to episode yeah. six. No. And then to episode that. nine. Because <laughs> there's a buildup. Actually, you want to do a commentary pod on episode <laughs> six? <laughs> I, I wish Melanie Linsky was in this. <laughs> no, one of the daughters is a little bit Melanie Linsky. Okay, I like it. I if she wears glasses, I'm in. No, no, I don't think anyone wears glasses. But okay. Yeah, people didn't wear glasses as regular in that yeah. time period. <laughs> Imagine it, Axel. Use your imagination. Oh, I will. I will solo, but that's a different <laughs> podcast that I record by myself at night. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, little Dickie. <laughs> little Dickie. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it's come to my turn, baby. That's right. All right. Well, I'm going to just give a quick shout out to impeachment American crime story that Gina and I covered. Cause I do think people be surprised when this does hit Netflix in like three months. I think it hits Netflix. I think a lot more people are going to watch it. It's totally great. It doesn't mire itself in the times and depress you. It's so fun and it's deep. And I think Gina and I were both pretty much blown away 
at how great this show was. You know, really, really great. And I also, but the show I'm going to pick is my number one, which is Foundation. My two number ones were The Witcher Season 2 and Foundation. I loved Foundation. Now, of course, I'm a huge sci-fi head, and this show is kind of weird. It does take a good four episodes, really, maybe five, even like halfway through the season to really understand what they're kind of building here because it takes place over many years. I don't want to spoil by saying how many, but many years, certain stories. It's a definitely a crazy way in the future sci-fi show, but also it has a guy who is also very handsome talking about Axel picking beautiful people, but Lee Pace, who is like one of the most handsome dudes. And he wasn't, hey, he's fucking hot, man. I can't. He is right. I mean, come on. Do I, I need to Google this person? Once you Google him, you're going to be like, yes, you are correct. You're not going to need any wine for that. photo. Yeah. He should be on Bridgerton. <laughs> But yeah, Lee Pace, who was in the MCU, but I think most famously was in Halt and Catch Fire. Yep. If you remember Halt and Catch Fire, Lee Pace was on that. Actually, his co-star is starring in Station Eleven. There you go. Um, well, on IMDb, he's known for Guardians of the Galaxy, The Good Shepherd, The Fall, and The Hobbit, The Desolation of Seattle. Yes, he was in The Hobbit, too. If anybody yeah. saw Pushing Daisies all, all those oh, years yeah. ago, yes. he was the lead in Pushing Daisies. Yeah. Show before he was in The time. Hobbit? Yeah, yeah. He's like six he, foot eight. He <laughs> played Thranduil. He was an elf. He played okay. Thranduil, it looks like. Yes, that would be an elf name yeah. for he, sure. Yeah, he's great. I mean, found, but also the thing about Foundation, too, is the uh, the book, I read it when I was a teenager. And, and, I, and it was so long. I barely remembered. So I kind of listened to a bunch of it again. It's not the most easily adaptable story it t- it has many different stories and it has a concept of history that is in it so it has these sci-fi concepts but they did a wonderful job of putting it all together and also like you were saying about Bridgerton if you're into kind of like the sci-fi beauty of space and ships it's amazing the costumes the planets they have the you know, the weapons, everything about it is so similar to the expanse. It's hard sci-fi. So I think that if you're into that, you're actually going to love it. And I'm also, because we're coming to the end here, I'm just going to give a shout out to The Witcher 2, season two. I love The Witcher. Henry Cavill, too, is very handsome man. But the show <laughs> itself is great. It's not... I had to... I had to rewatch season one and I was so glad I did because it made so much more sense the second time through. And then season two is so much better than season one though. Like a million times better. That's what I was going to say is season one has a narrative conceit of basically tricking you in the time. Right. And it's not spoiling it. You'll figure it out. Whether that was necessary or not, I liked it the first time I watched it and discovered it. But the second time I rewatched it, I said, they really didn't need to do this. 
And I think it yep. maybe confused people a little bit. They were trying to make this story deeper. So see, yeah, season two is a straight shot. And I think it's a lot more propulsive. It gets deep with the characters. Crazy shit happens. And I think it's not Game of Thrones level, but it's like Game of Thrones little brother. You know what I, I mean? Think like, they, I think they leaned more into Lord of the Rings this season. More, more, well, more away from Game of Thrones and more yeah. towards Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's not Lord of the Rings, but the way You're I describe right. like the first season for me, when you were talking about how Succession, you've watched the first three episodes like five times in order to get into succession. That's how I was with the first season of the Witcher. It took me two years to finish season one of the Witcher. It took me two days to finish season two. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I would I mean, say, I, lo- I thought season two was a massive step up from season yeah. one. But was if you're it on your list, Andy, uh, yeah, it was number six or seven. Yeah. Number six. Yeah. And foundation was number five. Yeah. And foundation if, was my number four. Cool. I and I have to say about the Witcher though, people, if you're listening, it's not that season one is is bad. It just does it, it can it does maybe over confuse things and it and the reason why that's bad is because it makes it a little harder to attach yourself to the relationship between the characters. And I think that is central in the second season, and that's what makes it that much better. And it did give me a little bit more a uh, show that um Matt covered on busted busted blockbusters wheel of time where it does expand the universe out i actually enjoyed i want to give a shout out to wheel of time because i i actually enjoyed it it wasn't great and i agree with a lot of the problems that that you brought up bubba and other people have but i would suggest people watch the wheel of time because i think it's going to get better i i I, actually I had watched part of it before seeing this second season of Witcher, but I like went back to it after watching all of the first season again and all of the second season of the Witcher in a short period of time. And I really enjoyed like the second half of wheel of time so much better. And I think part of it Mm. was because I had just watched the Witcher and I was like more (laughs) in that like fantasy realm mind frame, (laughs) but it, I was finally catching what their story was because it was a little all over the place, kind of like The Witcher was for me the first season because I knew nothing about the story of The Witcher going into watching that. And so the back and forth on the timelines was really kind of confusing for me the first watch through. I couldn't remember anything about it, even though I had watched the whole season. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, it makes so much more sense now. And then it was really easy to follow everything in the yes. second season. I remembered all the stuff. But then watching the second half of Wheel of Time after having watched both seasons of The Witcher, I, I liked it a lot better. Yeah, that's <laughs> And maybe the second show. half of it was just better. I don't know. But it, it was better to me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, we've been going for about two hours. And before we go... <laughs> I just want to bring up two shows because they because um, one is a show, but maybe a movie. And the, uh, but first, I want to bring up this show because it was on the list. A lot of people liked it, and I did want to give it a shout out. And then we'll end with Get Back, uh, not Get Back. Yeah, Get Back. I keep on forgetting the name of that dumb thing. It's not. It's not dumb. It's get awesome. Back, JoJo. But Get. Oh man, I God, they played that song. The point at which they were like, maybe we don't need to play Get Back again. 
Remember some guy says it in the studio? <laughs> and I was like, thank you, dude. Where were you three episodes ago? But um, I do want to mention White Lotus. That's on a lot of lists. I love this show. I love Mike White. I think this was on a lot of people's lists. Yes. Was White Lotus on a lot of people's lists? No? Yeah, well, I, I haven't seen it. Okay. Not a lot of us on this recording but there was quite a few okay i really love white lotus that was great but not too many people here so i won't talk about it but i know get back was on a lot of people's list who had get back on their list give a hand um i didn't put it as a uh tv show you put it as a. I, i don't put i don't put docs okay or okay movies. all right we'll save that for you know what solo and i are actually it was gonna, great though yes it was fantastic. I, I thought the same thing as heath but it was great i just said okay this he it was intended as a movie it became a, a, a streaming release but it is great so okay well we're gonna I, do I a pod I thought it. tv had been on my list yeah i haven't seen it well, I, join I, us I, for I, a saw pod. It, I saw it on uh whatever streaming platform it's it's on Disney. and I was I was I don't want to say turned off, but I hesitated to start it when I saw it was like three two hour long episodes. I'm like I, I can't, oh, I can't start this lot. right now. Are you a half hour? Are you a Beatles fan, wow. Mike? Are you a Beatles fan? So, um, actually, yeah. I, I know that's probably kind of a little bit surprising, but um, my father, uh, who was white. Um, well, he he was. I can't say he was white. Like it makes it like he's something different now. Is he not but, white anymore? <laughs> he I was, was gonna say he used to be white. <laughs> like, like he transitioned or something. He's Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> he became someone different. <laughs> yeah, he now identifies as black. But um, <laughs> no. Uh, but growing up, my dad played the Beatles all the time. So like that's what drew me to it. I was like, oh, I'm gonna check this out because you know the the Beatles were like my my father side was like all Beatles shit. Like he played the Beatles all the time. And then my mom, Black, was like Michael Jackson. So like that was kind of like me growing up was like Michael Jackson and the Beatles and U2. My dad played U2 all the time. So like I I, I am a Beatles fan. So I did plan on checking it out. And when I went to, I don't know if you saw this on my Facebook uh, at the time, Axel, but I don't, I went to uh, Abbey Road and took a picture there and I wrote. Oh, wow. Uh, and I signed outside the studio because outside the studio there's like a a, a, a brick not not brick but a, a like a stone kind of uh, wall and a gate that you know stops people from just strolling in there. But if you go up to the wall, everybody who's well, I guess everybody who's been there, but it, it's covered in uh, you know people just like writing their names on it and stuff like that. Oh, I so uh, when that. I went to London. I went out of my way to go to Abbey Road and take a picture there and and write my name on the wall and all that good stuff. So, yeah, uh, I would classify myself as a Beatles fan. So I did want to check it out. But when it came out, I went to go start and I'm like, oh, two hours. Like, yeah. I don't have time for this. See, <laughs> so, yeah, get high, think, get high for it. And yeah, it's definitely. I was definitely going to feel like it's four hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll, it'll feel like it's longer. And I loved it. But I was thinking more of age, actually, Mike, because. I was surprised that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm 47 and I came up with the Beatles. I love the Beatles. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't like the Beatles and my friend Brian Sedlak loved them. And it was, that was kind of my initial learning that being wrong is a great thing. Cause I was like, I am totally wrong about this. And it opened me up to an amazing experience, but I don't know how popular they kind of, as the years progressed, 
because I saw a lot on Twitter and Facebook, like discrepancies of some people being like, fuck the Beatles. Just, and I'm like, really? Yeah, it's, just, you know? it's, it's popular right now and trendy yeah. to shit on the Beatles. Yeah. Like, that's, that's all it I is. Did, it's I just know. trendy. It's, it's silly. Uh, but, but that's, yeah. I think I'll you kind of have to be a fan is what I'm saying. It is a yeah, lot of I'll them be, playing the same song. Or a musician. Yes. It's before yeah. it's I mean the Beatles are technically before my time, but like I said, my, my father played them a lot when I was growing up. I'll be forty in two weeks, so I'm not that much younger yeah, than you. Yeah, that's true. You're right. It, I always was, think, yeah, you're right. That's not you're not that much younger. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I definitely have interest in it. I, I'm very curious. So yeah. I do want to check it out, but well, I Heath, haven't. So Heath don't, and I don't, will. I don't, I don't know if it's something you could spoil because it's a documentary, but <laughs> I haven't. I haven't watched. No, it. No, but you know what? Real quick, John I'll dies at the end. The most... Oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> one of the... No, he, he had ten years. He's still ten years. What? No, one, <laughs> one. One of the most amazing things about it is, I have always wanted to see something where an extended, maybe not eight hours, but I did enjoy it. Um, of musicians, how they create. Yeah. And how they do it. That's it. And how they come up with lyrics, how they come up with music. What? Because, you know, a lot of them, like, like they they work at home and bring it to the sessions and then work it out. And, I mean, you have Ringo having a conversation. They're focusing on him and some other guy. And McCartney is writing Let It Be as they're talking. It's just, like, amazing moments like that yeah. just floored me. And why I was so... My wife wasn't, at, after 20 minutes... Wasn't into it. Exactly. She's not a huge, you know, huge yep. Beatles fan. But for me and my co- my cousin Troy, we were watching the first part on Thanksgiving night. We were just like, like giddy. Uh, it was like we wanted to watch the whole thing that night, but we couldn't. <laughs> it's an it's an amazing documentary series, whatever you're going to call it. But I was going to say to I just have to reiterate. I think you really do have to be a fan of the Beatles or just of watching people noodle and kind of figure shit out a lot. Cause like yeah. Heath said, it's really, to me, it's a film about process about artistic process and all the little stuff. Oh, they didn't break up cause of this. That's uh, you know what? I think if you read about the Beatles, there's not too much enlightening stuff in it a little bit here and there, because they've all done a million books and talked about it a million times, you know, and, and literally all of their Abbey Road tapes, you, if you go online, you can get them just sitting in the studio redoing songs for 80 hours. So if you're a huge Beatles fan, it's the enlightening part is how they work to get just seeing like kind of people work together in the process that happens. And how they, and how they dismiss George. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which was like nothing. They're like, let's get Eric Clapton. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've come to the end. So many great shows that we could mention. Man, we didn't really talk too much about The Expanse or give a shout. I want to give a shout out to Rutherford Falls on Peacock. Very fun little comedy. I think people will like it. Anyone else want to give a quick shout out before we go to any show we didn't mention? Go solo. I do. I'm just going to read my list. I'm not, I'm okay. not going to talk about them. I just want to get it out in the ether. Yes. Is that a word, Mike? Do it. Okay. Uh, number 10, Apple Plus, Mosquito Coast. Number Love nine, the, the Sinner, season four on USA, the final season. Uh, really bounced back very well from the third season. Um, number eight, Brian Cranston, Your Honor, Showtime. Oh. I. Anyone watch that? New Orleans. Set. I haven't seen it yet. Yep. I saw the first two episodes. <laughs> oh. We got to get back to it. You got to watch it. It's phenomenal. Number seven, the one I forgot, the flight attendant. 
number six, number six, Yellow Jackets, five, Law and Order, Organized Crime. Number four, which wasn't going to be on my list until two days ago, Dexter, New Blood. I just binged wow. oh, everything. And a lot of fun. what a diff. Wow. I, that's for another day. Yeah, uh, real quick, real quick, Heath. Oh, like I, I did the same thing. Dexter, New Blood. I put it at number ten at the very last minute, like right before I sent my list to Axel. I put Dexter, New Blood at number ten, and I think that's a show that's going to be more rewarding as a binge for people. I 100%. totally agree with you, Mike. Hundred yeah. percent, because I watched the first two, and and I was like, it's the first episode. It's like, oh, it's fun to see Dex back. Deb's Deb's thing is a little annoying. Is really annoying, but it was like good to see. Well, (laughs) even more. (laughs) But but uh, but yeah, that's a great point. But I was just like, "Eh, I don't know if I'm into this. And then all of a sudden, let's let's binge a few. Let's watch episode three. Oh wait a minute, four, five, six. Then I was like, I need more, and I'm waiting for the finale tomorrow night. Like. It it there's so much to unpack, so um, gonna, it definitely is that. worth it. I'm going to be watching that finale, wiping the crust out of my eyes in the morning. That's how ready I am to watch that finale. <laughs> and I think the I think the back half of the season makes the first half better. That's why yes. I said it's more rewarding as a binge. I think I agree because you need you need that like okay, it's been ten years. What's going on? Yeah. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why I thought he was in Alaska. And so because he originally was there. because he originally I think, was I think he was like at the end of the series. Yeah, yeah. that's where he okay, originally I went. Was, I thought, OK, because because there's like a cop and a podcaster, a true time podcaster that go down to New York City and going to drive. I'm like, you're in Alaska. When are you going to get there? <laughs> you know, in 2023 for Ando's top 10. So. So but. Yeah, so that, and then after watching the credits of 1883, even though I've only seen three episodes, <laughs> it's number three for me, Mayor of Easttown 2, and then, of course, me and Axel cover it, Mayor of Kingstown. Uh, hope more and more people watch it, yeah. the show. I actually just watched the finale early. Um, what what a great show. Oh, so, give and, a big shout out. That's it. And then what the one thing I forgot is I really enjoyed Hawkeye. I just watched yeah, that. Yeah. I, I love Hawkeye. Yeah. I love Hawkeye. We didn't talk did a lot about the Did Yellowstone make anyone's list? What's that? I said, did Yellowstone <sighs> make anyone's list? It yeah, made my list, it. but it was not my favorite season for sure. But okay. it was one that I did really enjoy at first this season. <laughs> it kind of was a letdown later. I'm, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm in the process of watching it. Season. I'm in the middle of season two right now. And... I was going to start watching 1883 based on Axel's five minutes in. This is the best show ever. Uh, (laughs) But uh, my wife actually wants to watch it, too. And she wants to finish Yellowstone first. So I don't know when I'm going to get to 1883. You do know, though, and I will say this. You do not need to watch Yellowstone to watch 1883. I think most people. I know. I told her, but she still wants to to finish Yellowstone first. I, I agree on Yellowstone this season. I think it was a little bit. Bit, um, I don't know. I, I it felt, felt like a lot of filler. Yes, I was going to say that. Like, uh, kind of just like a was the Jimmy story walking in place. It felt like a lot of B storylines, like like the yeah. things that would normally be side storylines were like the only storylines. Yeah. Yep. This the premiere was amazing. 
It was fantastic. Definitely. The finale was good. It was satisfactory, but getting there was kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> and I have That's to just give a shout out to 1883. It wasn't bad though. It still made my list. Yeah, Yellowstone. <laughs> it's better on a binge. You'll they, get. It'll be better on yeah. a binge. And I think 1883. Yeah. I was going to say too. Now there have been. Th- I did give my review. That was after two episodes, but um, I will say <laughs> that. It's still great. It's just peace, people on the Oregon Trail, and it's so realistic, and it's so dark but hopeful and beautiful but grimy. I just love it for its realism. And, you know, Taylor Sheridan said that when he wrote this, he did this like uh, gave him a Kurosawa on this motherfucker. He wrote it as a novel. Because, you know, Kurosawa wow. used to do that. He used to uh, write his oh, films. I'm a, I'm a Kurosawa stan. Yeah. He used to write them as novels and then write the screenplay. So that mm-hmm. tells you something. But Taylor Sheridan wrote this as a novel and then made the screenplay out of the novel. When's he have time? So the guy's amazing. <sighs> right. Yeah. And, so and I think I saw somebody compare it to. Uh, I think I saw somebody compare it to Rashomon. Uh, the Kurosawa uh, film. I think I saw that. No, I th- uh, is that it? well? I mean, I think you might be thinking of the duel. The duel? I don't what know. That? Yeah, that was the Ridley oh, the Scott. Last duel. Yeah, you mean the last? No, duel. that is that is it. That no, yeah. you're right. That yep. is what I the saw. Last it was the last duel. duel. Yeah. That's what I saw compared to Rashomon. But um, this is yeah, 1883 is fantastic. I just want to say, continue your list, Solo. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Okay. So I haven't seen the UK version, which is probably funnier, but. I enjoy Ghosts on CBS. That is a, a nice great little show. Fluffy. Yep. It is hilarious. It is. It really. It's a treat. It's a fun treat, which I don't put much on my. Uh, so that's my honorable mention. And also, it would. It. I watched it this year, but it might have came out. Who knows? BBC. But CB Strike, the show. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, J.K. Rowling. Uh, she wrote some detective books under a different name as a oh, male's that's name. Her stuff. That whole thing. And I didn't realize that they did a show. And um, the lead actor who I love is Tom Burke. He played Orson Welles in Mank. Oh, um, yeah. He's mm. like, he, he, he is uh, uh, like a PI down on his luck kind of thing. And it, the, the first couple, there's, there's usually about three three episodes like three hours three hours per season it's the way they did it the fourth seat so the fourth season just came out and it's great and then well i guess it's technically the third but they're coming out with but hbo said it was the fourth it gets confusing uh but they are coming out with another some more this year but he's a former like his dad is like a big rock star that he's estranged from he got injured in the army and lost his leg like half of his leg so he has like a fake, you know, he's got the prosthetic leg. So he's looks like a tough, burly guy, but he can't run after people. He's got his flaws. Of course, he drinks a lot. And hey, that's he not a flaw. A, yeah. <laughs> Can I ask one <laughs> question? It's, not a bug, it's a feature. That's true. <laughs> yeah. that's a, and he gets a, he gets a temp uh, female who, you know, is there to help him out. And then she gradually, you know. She's not getting paid much, but she gets so into doing it that she wants to be an investigator too. And is their dynamic and she's engaged to this guy. And it's, you know, anyway, and there's good mysteries and I love British crime shows, yeah. British shows. And it's this on is HBO a really, max. Yeah, it's on HBO max. And, and he, you know, Bubba, I want to ask you something. 
Oh, can I, I ask, ask one question, Heath, oh, before? You ask, and then okay. I get to Just one thing. The world. Does he hide yeah. things in his prosthetic leg? No. Oh, all right. I'm not watching it then. Fuck it. At least we don't think. A bottle opener, maybe. Not a gun, a knife, nothing? He drinks, he drinks out of it. No. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. I would totally hide shit yeah. in my prosthetic leg if I had one, dude. He, That's the he, first he thing I do. He always wears a, a pea coat, so he's got a lot oh, of... Oh, okay. Well, it's like a little bottle of alcohol people. or something. flashes people. All right. Go ahead. Ask your question to Bubba. Okay. I know, actually, it's to everyone, but I always want to address Bubba because I never I see him once every five years. Um, <laughs> it re- and I mentioned this to Axel. It really bothers me that... HBO streaming calls it HBO Max, thinking I'm going to get all the Cinemax Terrible. I stuff know. too. Why do they call it HBO Max? Because they're it's, dumb. I don't like it. Yeah. Yep. And then they call it a call Max it original. Right? A Max original. I'm like, is that Cinemax now or yeah. no? <laughs> I know. It's so stupid, dude. Because this, because CB Strike was on Cinemax for, you know. Exactly right. They brought it over on Cinemax. I think it might have even been an ITV show. Well, how about this? Would yeah. you have preferred. They called it Warner Brothers something, which is, you know, the real parent company, even though now there's another parent company. Or did they make the right move? Because most people you think associate HBO with television content. And so they named it after uh, this subsidiary. Or should they have gone big like Paramount went big and called it Warner Media something? I don't know. Um, I don't mind HBO Max if they combined have the, all the Cinemax stuff. But well, yeah. Even though Warner Brothers tried to sue me. 12 years ago, but I still would like the Warner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> because you were 7-Eleven, right? Ocean 7-Eleven. Yeah, Ocean oh, 7-11. yeah, the 11 thing. Yep. All right. Sons of bitches. Well, ladies. Right, hey, hey, Axel, hold on, hold on. I have a couple uh, couple shout outs. I want Does to Mike have anything else to see? That's what I was going to say. Mike, do you have anything else you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to shout out. Um, I want to shout out Heath's show, uh, Snowfall. I thought uh, <laughs> season four of Snowfall was pretty good. Um, I wanted to shout out probably my favorite show, but I didn't put it in my list cause I can't put reality shows in there, but love on the spectrum season two, yes. it was in my, oh, we talked about it last year. Season one. I fucking love beautiful. Love on the spectrum. I beautiful. put it on love my it. list this year. So beautiful. Okay. Recommendation. It was just like the feel good show of the year for me and the best reality show. Totally. I, yeah, I, I, totally I, have, agree. I, have, I have a heart like the Grinch and it made my heart grow three sizes. <laughs> so um, watching that show. And then lastly, uh, Ted Lasso season two. I, I don't necessarily want to shout out the whole season. It was a great, it was a great show. But um, one episode in particular I thought was really, really, really good. And they, they did a great uh, – they, they built up to a scene that ended up being a really, really emotional scene in uh, episode eight. It's called Man City. So that's the episode I'm talking about. And uh, the ending of that episode had a really heartfelt moment. And this show has a lot – that show has a lot of heartfelt moments, but – this the one that I'm speaking on in particular was just a great moment that they they you need that season and seven episode build up mm-hmm. to make that scene really pay off. And it, it was so great. And that show that show does really well with balancing comedy and, and really heartfelt moments that that are earned. And uh, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed uh, this season. And it had a couple of uh, uh, like bottle episodes that were added on because I, what I read, it was supposed to be. Uh, they made it like a 10 episode season and HBO said, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Apple said, yeah, let me get two more episodes. And they, I guess they filmed these two episodes after they had filmed 
the original 10. And these two episodes are kind of like bottle episodes, but they're both like really good. One in particular is really good. So, um, yeah, I want to shout out Ted Lasso as well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because I was I wasn't going to let Axel sign off without mentioning Ted Lasso as well. That's my number two show of the year. I loved it. I think anybody that is put off by the sports thing or the soccer thing. Yes, that's a big part of it. But I think this is the closest successor to Schitt's Creek that's on the air right now with the heart. It's a lot darker than Schitt's Creek, but the episode you're talking about, I mean, I was bawling at the end of it, and I never expect, I know I had talked to Axel about this a while ago, I never expected Jason Sudeikis would make me cry, but the guy, it is a master, masterful performance by him, and the entire cast, the cast is yeah. great, most of the other people I don't know, I haven't seen them in anything else, me but neither. it's, it is a, it's a fantastic show, I, it, and if you're into sports, if you're into football, I mean, it's still a lot of the same kind of coaching stuff that you'd see in a football locker room or a soccer locker or a basketball or anything else. It's still co- there's a lot of coaching stuff in it too. So if you're into sports, it's also worth checking out. But my wife, who hates sports, loved this show. So it's a high, high, high recommend for me. Right. Never, never watched a single soccer game, and I love the show. Yep, me Ooh. too. Soccer's fun. Well, that's why, because it's called soccer match, not a game. <laughs> <laughs> and it's football, people. And it's on the pitch. It's on the pitch. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to end this thing because we could keep on talking. Axel, hold on. Give me one one more quick. But wait, before we end it, I just want to throw it over to Andy. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that too, Axel. That's a good idea. Okay. I want to, I have two short things. One is about this email that Elton sent us to put, to talk about. And then I also have a compilation of the top 10 shows of all the lists that were sent in. 10 to 1. And I think that might be a good spot okay, to quit, hit us. if that's okay with you. Like Perfect. Okay. Um, Elton sent in this email. The only show he said he wanted to talk about was a show called Clarkson Clarkson's Farm. It's on Amazon Prime. It would have. I also do not put reality shows uh, or docs on my top 10 list, so it did not make my top 10. Um, I had had a cousin a couple weeks ago who lives in San Francisco, so she doesn't know. She used to be farming a long time ago, but said, you just need to watch this show and let me know what you think. So I've been watching it, and it's Jeremy Clarkson is the star. Um, you probably know him from Top Gear or The Grand Tour on Amazon Prime. I mean, if you ever seen no. any of those shows, no. Anyways, they used they got famous for racing cars and that kind of thing. Anyways, he basically his family owns a farm in England, or he I can't remember if he owns it or he get inherited it or something like this. And he decided last year, as part of his Amazon Prime contract, that he was going to start to farm. He's 59 years old, get into farming and start farming. And it is one of the, if I know I talk about farming a lot on various episodes, if you want to know kind of what a slice of farming is like now, this is one of the most accurate representations I have ever seen. I mean, not everything is perfect, but it gets, it gets a lot of the little things about farming, right? Where um, small things like you're setting up an electric fence and you get shocked by it. I mean, or, or big things like, um, I mean, I mean, that, it's true because that kind of stuff happens. I mean, anybody that's worked on a farm has had that Old happen. McDonald had yeah. a fence. E-I-E-I-A! Or, <laughs> or, and the, the most refreshing thing Fresh about it is that it, it, uh, it shows a lot of the things that farmers are doing now that is not really talked about so much. Conservation processes, like um, trying to find places for wildlife to go, um, about how much more women are actually involved in farming. Like most fiction that you see of farming, it's all men doing all the jobs which is absolutely not true. I mean, women, our farms would not, most farmers I know, without the women, it would not help. This show has a lot, highlights a lot of that as well. 
it's about it shows the little victories like sometimes getting getting a tractor unstuck is like the biggest thing in the world and you celebrate and you party like it you just won the world series kind of thing it it uh, puts that on film in a way that i've never seen um the only thing that i is not great about it is it's a little bit unreal because since he's being sponsored by amazon he can basically buy his way out of any problems he has but if you're ever interested in farming it's a great show it's called clarkson's farm Ooh, i'm gonna so, check it I'm out Cool. Axel, I Thank know you, you ask me questions about farming all the time. So, yeah. or if anybody sees my random posts on Facebook about when I'm doing farming stuff, oh, this is a pretty good snapshot. It's not perfect, but it's a good snapshot. Oh, and I might just be biased because all the down. heavy machinery and stuff. I've I've ran all that stuff. I've done everything on here on this show. So, anyways, it's oh, so it's perfect show. for you. Yeah. yeah. So it might just cool. I might somebody else might watch it and say, dude, don't talk about reality TV shows again. So that's okay. <laughs> so anyway, since Elton <laughs> sent that message in, I wanted to, I just wanted to highlight it quick before we left so um nice so, so the top 10 shows this is according to all of us all right. done, i did this last year too i kind of weighed it where if if you put it as number one it gets a little bit more points if you make the top 10 you get less points it's kind of a sliding scale so here we go number 10 uh disney plus is loki oh nice number nine the witcher nice. number eight station 11 Nice. <laughs> got three I haven't watched yet. <laughs> it's going to keep going, I think, Keith. Number seven, The White Lotus. <laughs> nice. Number six, The Mayor of Kingstown. Haven't watched it. Number five, Foundation. Haven't watched it. Number four, Succession. Watched it. Number three, Yellow Jackets. Love it. Number two, yeah. The Mayor of Easttown. Ooh, and number one, yeah. Only murders in the building. Nice. Wow. Interesting. Great list. I've only seen three. <laughs> you got a lot of work to do, Heath. Hey, I'm happy yeah, Mayor of Kingstown made the. We haven't talked about that because we do the. I mean, Loki, Mayor of Kingstown, we podcast it on. We haven't talked too much about them. But I, I do hope people watch Mayor of Kingstown because it really is a great show. We got lucky. You know, it could have been shitty. And I think. People are going to come Alcatraz. to it and watch it. Could have been Alcatraz. That's a mayor of Alcatraz. Yeah. Jorge Garcia, mayor of Alcatraz. But um, yeah, mayor of Kingstown's badass, man. Mike, have you been? You, Mike, I think you'd really like it. Oh, yeah, you I, haven't, would. I haven't seen it. You would really Dude. like it, man. Oh. It's awesome. It's and Jenny, oh, have you been watching Mayor list. of Kingstown? So I tried to watch the first episode, and I just wasn't with the premise and get back I jojo for you, you should a watch prison it. drama oh yeah it's so i just said this isn't for me yeah, at it's, least not right now yeah i, I get <laughs> yeah, that it's it's, rough. it's 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 rough yeah it's it's not gonna be for everyone it's yeah. dark and it's gritty and it's yeah yeah it's renner so, but Jeremy Renner's in the, i wasn't in the mood for it i did start to watch it and i was like yeah, this doesn't really look like something I want to watch right now. And I, I was I like, I, I'm not going to watch this. I get <laughs> Understood. Understood. It's a good one. It's a good one. Well, you know what was really a good one? I'm going to get podcast. up close to the camera. This podcast was a good one. Okay, people? This was great. I want to thank Andy, Heath, Bubba, Jenny, Tina, Mike, Gina, Axel. Oh, that's me. I want to thank everyone for being on here. I want to thank Bill and Manny and Brett and Elton. And there was one more person I'm forgetting. Janet. Janet for sending in their list. I want to thank everyone for watching. I want to say shout out to Grandpa James. His birthday is coming up. So we want to give a shout out to him. He's the man. 
I think he said there was a show premiering near his birthday. But the Facebook page, what a great year this has been. It's been a tough year. Another year of freaking COVID and all this shit happening. But we've had great TV and I've enjoyed podcasting with so many of you and listening to you. Mike and Bubba, I watch your stuff all and listen to your stuff all the time. And everyone else, I talk to you. And Tina, this is the first time I met you online. You're awesome. I know you from the Facebook. Thanks for joining us. This is what it's all about, people. We talk about the shows we love about family. This is our our TV watching family together. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for watching DVRpodcast.com, double P-H-Q. Head on over to it, baby. One Mike, head on over to it. Farming. That's a shout out for Andy. <laughs> Farming. Yeah, go go buy food. Buy food. <laughs> Farming. Bur- Burbank. Star City Murders. My number one film for 2022 is the Star City Murders. Early here. These are trailer coming this February. Yeah, oh, that's right. All right. All right. So, all right. love everyone. Have a great day. I'm going to go watch some football. You all are the best. Thank you for giving your time to this podcast today. You're wonderful. Love you all. Peace. That's all I got. We're beautiful people. We're beautiful people. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> We're people. All right. You're the best. Peace out, everybody. I'm going to end this Bye. thing. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Great job. Peace.